and Michael Remus. What is going on, everyone? Welcome to a packed Monday edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Great to have you all with us. And got some big news this morning from the Winnipeg Jets. Nino back for three more seasons. We'll get into the contract extension right off the top, as well as um, get you ready for tonight's uh, homestand finale. Wearing the 48s as the Jets take on the Carolina Hurricanes wearing the uh, special RCF jersey for the first of three times this season at Canada Life Center. Um, coming up on the program today, Jeff Hamilton's going to jump on first. We'll get uh, Hammer's take on uh, the Nino extension as well as the uh, game tonight. In addition to some off-season CFL news with uh, Buck Pierce staying with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So Jeff's first up, and then we'll kind of dive into a little bit more extension talk in tonight's game, as well as the game on Saturday with Paul Edmonds, voice of the Winnipeg Jets for 680 CJOB. Um, lots of hockey news to get to, though, as well. Dave McCarthy is going to jump on with us a little later on in the program. We'll get to the Cool Bet lines, touch on the Monday Nighter as well, and, of course, everything that happened on the weekend in the National Football League as well. But... Uh, Big news today, right out of the gate, Nino Niederreiter extending for three seasons. We'll give you our thoughts on that coming up in just a moment when we get Michael Remus in here. Um, Got to thank the sponsors that make this show happen each and every day. Our friends at Cool Bet Canada, Princess Auto, Little Brown Jug, the Winnipeg Jets, Boston Pizza, Royal Sports, Nick and Nikki DQ, F Apparel, Wallace and Wallace, Vita Health, Fresh Market, Canadian Club, Manitoba Battery, Aquatech, and of course our friends at Modern Man Barbershop. Once again, thanks to everyone that made the Movember push such a big success through November with us raising well more than doubling our goal of two thousand dollars. I think we ended up at five thousand three hundred and forty-three for uh, men's health men's health initiative. So. Thanks again to everyone. And oh, by the way, podcast listeners, YouTube viewers, if you have not already grabbed a ticket for our holiday party in support of the Christmas cheer board, it's coming up in two days, Wednesday, December 6th. Do that ASAP uh, because we are just needing to uh, finalize numbers uh, and make sure we've got the capacity. So uh, if there's tickets available, they're there. Jump on them. The link is in the description of this video. And if you're listening to the podcast, head on over to winnipegsportstalk.com. Grab, your, uh, grab yourself a couple tickets, bring a friend. And again, every cent is going to the Christmas cheer board. Um, we've got some uh, great, generous donations from Nick and Nikki DQ, the gang of Boston Pizza for a slice and some ice cream as well. And obviously we'll be enjoying Winnipeg's favorite local beer, Little Brown Jug. We're going to do a draw there as well, raise a little money for the cheer board. And if you are coming, um, they're also collecting 
uh, mitts, scarves, boot, uh, boots, anything to do with keeping uh, people in need warm at wintertime um, to uh, help out the Bear Clan, can, Blair, Bear Clan Patrol. So uh, just a note for Wednesday night. All right, let's get to it. Shout out to everyone that's jumping in the chat right out of the gate. Michael Remus, what's up? How was your weekend? Great weekend, Huss. Uh, I can't believe how warm it was. Uh, like, don't even need winter boots. Uh, you know, minimal, you know, strength of warmth for jacket. Uh, crazy. December 1, we're into December. Uh, feeling good, Huss. And we did, uh, wasn't quite the level of, uh, you know, Thanksgiving when I called you frantic after the Shafley and uh, <laughs> Hellbuck sightings. But, uh, hey, a bit of a busy morning here for us, so I'm uh, in a pretty good mood, actually. Uh, good stuff. Yeah, that was the big news. Listen, can all of you take your terrible Patrick Mahomes takes out of the chat and somewhere else? Thank you very much. We're we're here to talk about the Jets today and uh, this extension. Uh, all jokes aside, we will talk some NFL a little later on. I see a very excited Connor Rabchak in uh, after his Niners got the big win. But uh, yeah, man, um, this morning, 10 a.m., boom, Nino, back. And... To be honest, Remus, I mean, let's think about all of our conversations on this show about a potential Niederreiter extension. Um, We figured he's, I mean, if anything, I think you could argue that he's been a bargain at $4 million per per season since he's been here. He just turned 31 at the beginning of training camp. Um, The talk wasn't as much about the dollar value. It was about the term. And... I think I would have assumed that Niederreiter and Niederreiter's people would have preferred a four- or five-year deal. But from a Jets perspective, to have a guy that adds so much on and off the ice to the Winnipeg Jets for a three-year term beyond this season, I think it is a, uh, listen, it's another great bit of business by Kevin Sheveldayoff and the Winnipeg Jets. Um, I don't think it was much of a surprise because of how much we have heard that Nino loves the team, the organization, the city, wanted to stay here. And to be honest, those are the sort of guys you want to be Winnipeg Jets. Um, and I got to say, I'm, I'm excited to see Nino continue on his career here in Winnipeg. And maybe he's found a home that, you know, will be where he plays for the majority of the rest of his NHL career. Bottom line, from my perspective, is this is a dude that scores 20 in his sleep. He's done it seven times so far in his NHL career. He's on pace to do it again this season. Um, but this is far more than a guy that'll just pop you 20-plus. This is a guy that is a big physical forward that can play in your top six with top players if needed and has been a part of that wrecking crew Lowry line that has been lights out basically since they were put together at the beginning of the season. So from my perspective, it is a win-win um, the only thing I would say if I was on Niederreiter's side, I maybe would have grinded a little bit more for that fourth year. Um, but from a team perspective, it makes so much sense. And the other thing, and I think I've mentioned this on the show before, I mean, Niederreiter is, ex- especially with an extension, staying here, coming here, having played in a bunch of different spots, appreciating what we have here in Winnipeg, both from the city and the team. Like, this is exactly the sort of guy I want in the dressing room when a Rucker McGrory turns pro when a Colby Barlow turns pro. Uh, I think he could be a great mentor for young players as well, in addition to doing a pretty damn good job night in and night out as part of this Jets forward group. So I'm um, interested, and I may as well, just before I get your take, 
throw the why not question of the day out in the chat for uh, not autocorp but waverly and mcgillivray and if you're listening on the podcast send us a tweet at sports talk wpg we can boost some of those as well um thoughts on the niederreiter extension both when it comes to dollars and opposed and uh, as far as the term goes what uh, what did you think yeah well it wasn't much of a surprise you know we were talking about scott billick was mentioning it uh a couple of weeks ago when we went into it on the show, I did find it interesting that late last night, uh, the Winnipeg Jets put out this video. Actually, it was yesterday afternoon. Uh, I don't know if this was a little foreshadowing by the Jets' social media team. It said, you thought Nino couldn't be any more of a good guy? Guess again. This year, Nino has partnered with the True North Youth Foundation to mentor... To mentor one of uh, the under-13 Winnipeg Jets Hockey Academy teams. He's generously... Donated equipment to every player, and we'll be spending time with them on and off the ice through the season. And I thought, oh, that's interesting timing. And I was like, whatever happened to that Nino extension? We were talking about it. We had Billick on here. Did that just not get done? But, oh, this morning, 10 a.m., nice little uh, press release here. Uh, three years, you know, great job. I don't think it's too long. I mean, the guy's, uh, thirty, what, 31. He just turned, so you're not getting him too, you know, not getting him, uh, you know, going too. too yeah, you're not buying say, the 35, 36, 37 no. year old years. I mean, he'll be 32 just before the start of training camp mm-hmm. at the beginning of September sure. next year. And, and I see a lot of people going, hey, this is what we were saying. Listen, I agreed that was what the push from the Jets should have been. But sometimes you have to give a little to, to, to get. And I wasn't sure whether they were going to have to get a fourth year. Um, but as I say, good job on everyone that was involved in it, and good job for Niederreiter, I think, for reading the room, realizing what the team could do, what made sense for the organization. And I'll tell you what, if he's still playing at a high level when he's 34 years old and finishing up that season and likes to be here, um, I'm sure there'll be an option for him to stick around because he is a quality player, a quality person. He Remus, he really does seem like the exact sort of guy that the Winnipeg Jets were looking to add into this dressing room. And it makes last year's deadline look even better, knowing that Nemetsnikov re-signed for two years and now Nino for three, um, considering the uh, relatively low prices paid at the deadline for those two individuals. Yeah, we know what type of player he is. Has he's a you know he's, he brings the game that goes into the corners, goes to the hard areas in front of the net. Uh, he's a perennial twenty goal scorer seven times. And this is a, a type of player that they didn't have a lot of, so he fit in so well with the Jets roster. He's playing on the third line now, but he can play in a top six role. He can play a power pay, play role. And almost reminds me of uh, when they signed Matthew Perot to that four-year deal uh, starting with 2017-18. He was also making a $4 million. That was 4.125, and he was a player. Uh, Rick Ralph coined him the human jumper cables. He could play in every line, every line but, and you know was also a great team guy. So I don't know if he fits... But the parole are certainly different type of players, but just maybe the dollar, you know, that guy who can play on any line making $4 million, kind of, that's where the similarities were were for me. But, uh, yeah, solid signing. And for Nino, maybe he thought, hey, you know, when I'm 31, I'm going to be 32. Maybe Are the teams out there going to want to give a player, you know, over 30 this long of a deal? And he was looking for a term. He came here, didn't know much about the city, and, has expressed uh, how much he likes it here, and he certainly showed that by signing a three-year extension. So by the end of this contract, has Nino will be a Jet for five years, or four and a half, I guess four and a half, because it was trade deadline last year. But 
Um, I mean, that's pretty good for a trade deadline acquisition. As you didn't didn't expect that when uh, you know last spring. No, and, and you know I'll be interested at some point to hear from Shevel Dayoff as to I mean we knew that they really respected the player. I mean we've seen a lot of Niederreiter with Minnesota, with Nashville, who the Jets acquired him from, uh, as well as his previous stop in the uh, with the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, but I mean you know absolutely could have, especially with the way this season has gone so far. I mean he is playing at a very high level on a line that gets a lot of attention, um, you know, from certainly from other GMs and coaches and people in the know. I mean, we might focus on, you know, the top scorers a little bit more. And I think it's natural in the world of fantasy hockey and the media and highlights that, you know, Mark Scheifele and Kyle Connor and Connor Hellebach are going to get more of the, uh, of, of the headlines, if you will. Um, but Niederreiter is an incredibly respected player. And, I mean, it would have been entirely in his right to try and have a monster season and go into free agency and see if there was a better deal or a longer deal out there for someone that brings what he has. But I think that's part of the reason why I think fans are so high on Nino is that he was pretty clear early on that he really enjoyed it here, like the culture of the team, like the culture of the city, um, and wanted to stick around. So, um, you know, to not hold out for, you know, a longer term to, to do a deal that makes sense for both sides. Um, I think he gained even a few more fans right now. And uh, as I say, I think Connor put out something, the athletic, you know, just in contract comparisons had him valued at something like 6.7 million a year. Now, maybe that's the case right now. Will that be the case in a few years? Who knows? But as I mentioned before, on the ice, off the ice, there's so many intangibles that make this a great signing for Winnipeg. And I got to tell you, sign me up for uh, three more years after this of uh, Nito riding shotgun with Adam Lowry, considering what mm-hmm. those guys have been able to do together. And we definitely know that if an injury or two happens, very capable of playing on the second or the first line with top end players as well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, again, he's played uh, on the top line, he played in the third line, can play any line. Uh, so he's certainly been a great ad for the Jets. And here, uh, so let's look at. You know, the Jets' contract status uh, going ahead as he signed for three more years. Um, look, I mean, for next season, they're basically all set. All the players right now, uh, all the forwards under contract for next season, except Cole Perfetti, who's an RFA, who he's going to get a big raise after setting a career high in goals uh, over the weekend. What a tear he's been on. And David Gustafson's an RFA, but I can't imagine... He would get a huge raise over that uh, 775000 And on the defense, um, Brandon Dillon, UFA, Dylan DeMello, UFA, some decisions to be made there. Logan Stanley, RFA, Declan Chisholm, RFA, uh, and he'll be back in the lineup tonight. And uh, Lauren Bossois, also a UFA. So, um, you know, the Jets are going pretty good this year. They're, you know, set to be in the playoffs, or they're in a good position, uh, you know, to make a run at the playoffs here. Uh, but next season, the team is basically set. So uh, a nice signing for Nino, you know, give the team some stability and also give him himself uh, some stability after bouncing around. Where's Nashville, Carolina, Minnesota, the last couple of years. And he'll be here for another three after this. So this, you know, it wasn't unexpected, but you know, when you hear a guy's going to re up after hearing so much 
oh, this guy, uh, you know, people don't, no one wants to play in Winnipeg. I mean, you can go through the long list, Huss, of the number, number of players um, that have signed extensions and long-term extensions. And there's, what, like a couple guys who've said, no, I don't, I don't yeah. want to be here. So I, you know, Dubois, I, who doesn't yeah. know what he's having for dinner and, yeah. you know, was just going to figure it out when it comes. And there was Truba. And yeah. Truba, listen, I, I know a lot of people bring Truba up, and I understand why. You see what he's turned into for the New York Rangers. But let's not forget that the Jets knew that this was the case. I, the more I look back at how the Jets handled the Truba situation, I mean, I think they did exactly the best that they could. They kept him in his ELC and with his extension. They got maximum value for him while he was a Winnipeg Jet. And then with one year left, they traded him. Morgan Barron's playing very well for the Winnipeg Jets right now. And you hope that Billy Hanel will turn into a, a, a solid contributor at the NHL level. We'll see what happens with that over the next couple of years. But it is important to know what a guy like Truba did for the Winnipeg Jets during that time. And that's really the one piece that they seem to be missing right now. Like, I'm very comfortable with this forward group um, going forward. And I think it's pretty clear where the potential of an addition would be um, when the Winnipeg Jets, um, you know, do maybe make a move in around the deadline. You know, if you can get a big, solid right-hand shot defenseman that could come in and kind of fortify your top four, um, you know, who knows what this team can do. But right now the forward group is great. And as you just laid out, Remus, this forward group's pretty much going to be here for another season as well, which may complicate things when a guy like Barlow or McGroarty come in and potentially ready to go. But, um, you know, competition is a good thing. And that will sort of lead to our conversation about what's happening on the blue line right now. Declan Chisholm with a nice season debut against Chicago, and he's back in the lineup tonight. Um, and listen, Nate Schmidt's contract obviously is a little bit problematic with how much he's making right now. But Nate Schmidt hasn't had a bad season at all. Um, he and Dylan Sandberg, I thought, have been played very, very well and have been reliable and basically have had great results on that third pairing. So you want to have competition to get into the lineup and the need to play well to stay in it. And I think that's a spot the Jets are in right now. Uh, we'll get into more of this lineup for tonight and the way things look with um, Paul Edmonds, Jeff Hamilton coming up. But let's hear from Nino because uh, he did speak after the morning skate today. Uh, everyone wanted to talk about the uh, new deal. And Nino was asked about the uh, negotiation process and uh, how it went from his representatives and his, uh, his team, the Jets. I think it went uh, well. Obviously, I'm very happy to be here for another three years. And uh, I mean, you're kind of part of it when, the, when you talk to your agent, what the plan is and where to go. But uh, overall, I trust him. And I think he did a good job. And I'm very happy to be here. I remember talking to you in the summer and you said, I got to go out and prove that I deserve uh, an extension. Uh, that's a refreshing attitude for a guy with as many games and as accomplishments as you. But um, you've come in and obviously had a great start to this season. And what is it about this fit that, that works so well for you? I mean, if at the end of the day, you always go out there and try to prove yourself and prove to the team that you deserve another contract. And I think that's the attitude I've always had throughout my career. I don't try to not to take anything for granted. And like I said, I'm happy to be here and I think we have a good chance for the next coming years to to be a, an elite team and happy to be a part of it. All right, there's Nino Niederreiter um, on the negotiation process. Of course, there was a couple big signings right at the beginning of the year. Thanksgiving, a double bomb from Kevin Day off on the extensions of Mark Shifley and Connor Hellebuck. Nino asked if he was influenced by uh, the message that that sent to the club. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it definitely showed uh, to the city and to the team that they they want to go for a run here and want to be a contender. And I think that's as a player, that's where you want to be. And uh, obviously, once they signed, I tried to do whatever I could possibly to play my best hockey and uh, earn another contract. And now here I am and pretty happy about it. Oh, certainly. And, and, you know, his approach, like I wanted to come out and play my best hockey and earn another contract. You don't hear that enough from NHL players. Let me just say that. Um, but that's a big part of the reason why I think he's been so impressive, both the way he conducts himself and obviously making a difference for the Winnipeg Jets on the ice. Here's one more from Nino. And we did hear from this from him early on in his time. Uh, Mike McIntyre had that piece in the summer uh, about, you know, wanting to stay in Winnipeg and to his point, earning a contract. Here's Nino Niederreiter on why Winnipeg is such a good fit for him. I think it's a, it's a hard-working group. I feel like they keep each other honest and uh, you got to earn your ice time. I mean, the coach is uh, straightforward and the thing with the line I've been on with Appy and Lousy, I think we got a great role. We know exactly what we got to do and uh, I think been doing a pretty good job with it. But uh, we know it's a, it's a long season, a lot of tough games ahead of us, but it's uh, it's been fun. At your stage in your career, 31, how much did... I guess some stability and you know because you see guys who maybe bounce around on one-year deals as they get into their 30s right and, and was it important to you to kind of have a place that you could just plant your feet in and, and know that you're going to be around for a while yeah absolutely i mean like you said i mean obviously anything can happen any given day you never know what's going to happen but uh, it's definitely a great feeling to to know to have a chance to be here for the next three years like i said i feel like we have a really good chance to to be a contending team here and um, I think that's where, where I wanted to be. And I mean, like you mentioned, I mean, it's a, it's a tough market out there. You know, obviously the, the big players getting paid a, a lot of money and uh, the middle class, I guess, they, uh, they got to work for it to, to earn it. And I think that's uh, what a free agency is always a dangerous thing to, to go into. And I'm obviously, like I said, very fortunate to be able to be here. Funny hearing Nino refer to himself as middle class because he has been all class since he's been with the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, Rick Bonus, I'm sure, was quite pleased to hear the news today. Here's Bones on uh, the signing of Nino Niederreiter. What does it mean for, for you as a head coach, though, to have a guy that's that consistent, locked up for the next little while? That he wants to be here. It's plain and simple. He wants to be a Winnipeg Jet. Another guy that could have played out the season, uh, got into unrestricted free agents and see, and see what else was out there and other locations, other teams, but he wants to be a Winnipeg Jet. So he's been a huge addition to our team since we got him last year. His versatility, he's a competitive, he's a great teammate, he's a hard-working guy. Uh, he, he's a really good Winnipeg Jet. Yeah, I mean, you've talked about that quite a bit. Important to have guys who want to be here. Um, you know, it, it's been Shifley now, Hellebuck that's signed this year. Now you got Nino. Who's next? <laughs> no, but like, how important is that? That sort of like, it, it, does it help with buy-in? What does it help with? with well, guys that... listen, all we heard a couple years ago, people wanted out. Now all we're hearing is people want in. That's a great thing. Money quote from Bones there. All we heard about was that everybody wants out. Now everybody wants in. And um, that's great for the city, for the psyche of the fan base. It's definitely great for the organization. And uh, I don't think there's too many people that aren't pleased that Nino Niederreiter is going to be hanging around for another three seasons. We're going to chop it up with Jeff Hamilton and get his thoughts on the extension and more. One quick note, and we'll talk about this more with Paul later on, um, but Declan Chisholm got in the lineup finally against the Chicago Blackhawks on Saturday, uh, had his first NHL point, 
certainly acquitted himself well, and he is in the lineup again tonight. Um, here's a quick bit from uh, Bones on Chisholm getting in again uh, because of the way he handled things in uh, his season debut on Saturday afternoon. It's as simple as that. He played very well. There was a couple of hiccups, but it's going to happen. It happens to a lot of the players in the league. But for his first game, um, yeah, I know he played it two a couple of years ago, but for his first game with us this year, we, that's what we needed him to do, go back, get the puck, and get it moving. Men, like I talked about the other night, sometimes the defenseman will go back, and he'll feel pressure, and he'll give his problem to somebody else. You're making the wrong play, right? Here, you take it. You deal with it. But uh, Cheesy didn't do that. He made the right play, and when he knew when he had to hang on to it, he hung on to it. Um, but it's, it's his mobility, and it's his puck moving. Um, and, yeah, so he, he earned that right to play again tonight. All right, there's Bones. Uh, we'll get into a more of tonight's game with Pauly a little bit later on in the program. Um, listen, just before we bring in Jeff Hamilton, gang, the holidays are here, and there's a CC for every occasion heading into the holidays right now, whether it's for entertaining, gathering, and consuming on your own, or gift-giving. Our great partners at Canadian uh, uh, Club have gift options for whatever you're looking for and sales all month. On Canadian Club favorites, including Original 100% Rye and CC Classic 12-Year-Old. But make sure to keep your eye out for the limited-release CC 15-Year-Old Sherry Cask, which is still available. Uh, the Invitation Series CC 15-Year-Old Sherry Cask is the signature 12-Year-Old whiskey finished with a secondary aging in Oloroso Sherry Casks. All the hallmarks of Classic Canadian Club with the added richness and sweetness of Sherry on sale now while supplies last for $79.95. A great gift idea. And, of course, all Canadian Club products are on sale this month at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts. You know, what a weird morning today. I mean, uh, almost zero visibility with the fog. Beautiful hoarfrost right now. But we do know that the deep freeze is on the way. Maybe it's a good thing we got that contract extension done with Nito beforehand. Um, are you ready for winter? Manitoba Battery will get you ready for winter with the best prices on batteries in town and the best service. Uh, head on over to manitobabattery.com and make sure you're ready for the grind of the Winnipeg winter. And when you're getting a battery for your car or truck, you are getting the best price in town, period. Prices beating the pants off the big box stores. And to make it even better, Donnie and Manitoba Battery will deliver it to you for free anywhere inside the city of Winnipeg with any purchase over 60 bucks. It's just that easy. So go to manitobabattery.com, give them a phone call at 783-8787. They will bring it to you. If you do need a free battery test to see how you're doing or you're in the neighborhood, you can always pop in to see them at their store at 1026 Logan Avenue. Uh, we mentioned the great success in the Movember campaign with our friends at Modern Man Barbershops. Uh, what a great month it is, but now it's time to get looking good for the holidays, folks. I got an appointment tomorrow. Um, you can uh, pop by one of eight conveniently located modern mans around, including the newest locations on Pemina Highway or Plessy Road, and uh, they've got you covered with haircuts, beard shaping, shaves, color services, and more. Make an appointment and book your look via modernmanbarber.com and give them a follow on Instagram as well, at Modern Man Barber Shops. And hey, don't forget, maybe you're probably thinking about you and your family. What would be a great gift for the fam? Well, what about 
a home renovation, a spa, a hot tub, maybe one of those saunas we've seen before. Whole home renovations start with Aquatech. With thousands of rentals as their foundation, Aquatech can upgrade any space in your home. If you're ready to enhance your kitchen, your bathroom, or even add a man cave to your home, visit aqua-tech.ca to learn more about their whole home renovations, including financing options. All right. It's Monday. Let's uh, get the hammer in here and uh, get things going. What's going on, Jeff Hamilton of the Winnipeg Free Press? How uh, how's your operation? How's my operation? My operation is going just fine, Huss. I got the weekend off and just nestled into my Winnipeg Sports Talk hoodie, hoodie here. So good. Hugs me back on a Monday when nobody else will. So it's uh, yeah, it's a, it's a nice little start to the week. Looking forward to to this week and and I don't know what I'm doing these days. I'm doing a little bit of Jets, doing a little bit of everything. So it's kind of with the with the rearview mirror now with the the Bombers wrapping things up. It looks like it's going to be an exciting uh, winter here to come. Yeah, no doubt about it. Listen, we'll get to the Bombers because it was kind of a busy newsy week last week for the Blue and Gold. But I mean, the headline story today is the three year extension for Nino Niederreiter um, making the same money he's making right now four million a season um, I mean the guy has just delivered in so many different ways since coming here um, what was your reaction to the deal and how important is it for a team to keep a guy like that around for the next three seasons yeah I think it's uh, you know I, you use the word I was about to use the word massive and it's massive in context I mean obviously the Mark Shifley and Connor Hellebuck uh, deals were both more expensive and, and for longer term. So I think the word massive would be probably more appropriate to, to describe those players' recent contracts. But if you look at what Nino Niederreiter has been able to do really since arriving last season for, for the stretch run, I mean, it wasn't long after his arrival. I think it was, was what, February? Um, that media fans started talking about how he was setting the standard for for the level in which this team should play. And he's continued that on through this season. So I think if you look at it, it is interesting. You know, it's the same term that he's coming off is his most recent deal. Um, I think that has to do with the fact that Winnipeg has some work to do with signing, you know, wanting to take maybe even a little bit of a hometown haircut, if you can even call it that given his term here, but certainly Nino has been, liked what he's seen on the ice in Winnipeg, off the ice in Winnipeg. I think for him, he's looking at the opportunities up and down the lineup. Yes, he's on the third line, but does it does, does it feel like to anybody that he's a third-line player on this team? Absolutely not. He, he, he plays in, in several different situations, has been given opportunities in every every area of, uh, of the game for this team. And I think that's what you look at when you sign the three-year deal at Four million apiece is is a place to stay home, right? There's a guy who who jumped around a little bit in the last few years after being, you know, a mainstay and a mainstay in, in Minnesota. So I think he looks at Winnipeg, the opportunity here, what, what, what he's been given in less than a you know a calendar year's time, uh, and I think it bodes pretty well for both sides. You get a hardworking guy who wants to be here, um, and that works for both sides of the line with uh, with management, obviously, and and of course the re- the dressing room. You know, um. Listen, for, for those of us, and I mean, sometimes I joke that, no, I mean half joking, that Winnipeg has a bit of an inferiority complex and we want people to, like, we know there's some shortcomings. We know there's some things that we've got here, like the winter, that, you know, they don't have to deal with in a lot of other places. And, you know, that might make it, on the surface, a less desirable place for uh, for players to play. 
And certainly mm. we've gone through everything with Dubois for the last couple of years. Before that, it was Jacob Truba, and there was a bit of a, uh, a a narrative, probably unfair narrative, to be honest, That and Rick Bonus touched on this, <clears throat> that everyone wanted to get out. Um, and now he said everyone wants to be in. Like, how, if just from your perspective, for where the team is at right now, considering that Hellebeck and Shifley extensions, and now Nino Niederreiter coming here at the deadline and inking for another three years, how much further ahead is the team when it comes to not having those questions and basically to what Rick said, people that are committed to being their best and to doing it here and to helping this team win, not necessarily playing really well for a contract somewhere else so they can leave. Yeah, look, I mean, Winnipeg is always going to have, um, you know, the 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 special list of cons on, on a player's, you know, pros and cons list when they're deciding, you know, where they want to be, where they want their families to be, where they want their children to be. And I don't think that list is necessarily a super long one, right? I mean, cold winters, um, maybe not as much to do as obviously cities – like in Florida or other places in the States, other places in Canada. But what the Winnipeg has in the pro side is also fairly unique. You know, they have a, they have a hardcore fan base that cares. And while, you know, there's certain things that come with, you know, a hardcore fan base, you know, high media attention, all those things that maybe are, can be perceived as, as a negative, those there's also a lot of positives with that. You want to play in a city that cares about the team. You want to play in a city that cares about the sport, that's educated in the sport. You want to play for a team that people care about what they're doing, you know, daily and weekly. And and so Winnipeg has that in spades. And so, you know, I, I don't know if it necessarily is is about convincing the, the the entire league that Winnipeg is a place to be and that there's some kind of shift in that because guys like Nino Niederreiter who have – who have been in other markets decide to commit to Winnipeg for, for the time they did. Like I said, I mean, there's lots to, there's lots of benefits for Nino Niederreiter playing here. It's not a, you know, a one side deal for, for Winnipeg. He certainly gets his benefit, as I said, with all the playing time and that, but I would say it's about, it's about kind of showing off what you do have, not, not claiming what you don't. And, you know, I think maybe that's where things change and that you look for players, right? You look for players who you think, care about those things, right? Care about those things in their big laundry list of things, you know, that you hope is below win a Stanley cup. You're assuming that most players will have that as number one, whether they, whether it's true or not. And then you want to find players who care about, you know, the atmosphere, the, the, the fan base, that kind of excitement in, in a city. You don't want guys who want to, you know, and you can use a guy like Pierre-Luc Dubois perhaps there, right? He's a guy that wanted to go to Montreal. So, you know, he would have faced a lot of, a lot of heat there for media and fans and stuff. He went to Los Angeles, which has a little bit of an easier time for that. I mean, there's just certain players that, that covet different things for their life. And so it's about identifying those players who don't like just Winnipeg for what's happening there right now. You know, whether that be the team cohesion, the camaraderie between players, the fact that they're winning games right now, it's, it's, it's the other stuff that you kind of need to flex to the, the passion, the passionate fan base, the passion that the city has behind it, the being in, a, in somewhere where things truly matter. Like, you know, those things matter to players. And so 
Though I think with when you see, you know, a team like the Jets, who I guess you can make the argument right now, and I'm not only reason why I say guess is because, you know, there's going to be some time here where they hit adversity. It, that's just the case in every season. As the deeper you get into the year, the, the tougher it is to win games. But when you see what they're doing now, but you see what they're building, what they could be, you know, in one, two, three years' time, it's a lot different than if you were to ask that question a year ago. So I'm not surprised by any by any means that you know Niederreiter would would be interested in coming to Winnipeg, and if they can keep this up, I think this makes the the trade deadline a very interesting opportunity for any other players that might be looking at you know a place that could benefit their careers for the rest of the season. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I mean, and, and he's sort of said this from the day that he got here, but particularly with the work that Mike did in the off season with that piece on Nino and what we'd heard so far this year, and you know now kind of you know being more involved in the community. I mean, you want guys that embrace the city, the organization, and what it means to be a Winnipeg Jet. And, you know, the Dubois comparison is somewhat funny in that, you know, by all accounts, he was a pretty good teammate. But, you know, every time I hear Rick Bonus speak to, we want guys that want to be here, um, I think about, you know, the toll that that takes on uncertainty or just those stories coming out that, you know, it's a one-way street uh, with certain players, and you know you're certainly better off to move on and have guys that embrace it. And to use Bones's term, um, all in, not just for the short term, but for the long haul and what they're trying to build here. Yeah, and I mean, not to completely take you know move away from the Jets, but it's not like the Winnipeg Jets are the only team every off season that's dealing with a player or two sure. that might not want to be back. For you know, it could be for different reasons. In some cases, it could be. For, the, for what's going on in the dressing room that has nothing to do with what's happening outside of it, right? I'm not talking about the Winnipeg Jets in, in particular. I'm talking about other places where, you know, players want out of every single market. They're not having a beef with, with the amenities outside of the rink. Sometimes it's the coach. Sometimes it's, you know, the opportunity. It's the system they play. There's lots of different things. And I think what Winnipeg and, and under Rick Bonus is – has been trying to do really since the start of last season and, and wasn't going to happen necessarily – you know, overnight or within a year is to bring in that, be proud of where you're from, you know? And I think that maybe, I think maybe that was maybe a lot of, not maybe a lot. There's definitely a handful of guys in there that probably needed that message, right. To be proud of where they're from. A lot of guys that didn't know any better have only ever grown up in Winnipeg in their, in their NHL careers. Right. I mean, maybe needed to be reminded how special that can be. You know, I, I imagine Mark Shifley, I mean, he, he's already talked about it and, you know, and, and, and interviews since signing his, his long-term deal is I think there was a lot of reflection this offseason, right? There was certainly an opportunity for him to go elsewhere and to, to you know, to take his talents maybe a different place and, you know, maybe would have been, would have saw the, the, the you know, a new clean slate or whatever somewhere else as a benefit to his to his career when, when in reality, maybe it was reflecting on the years that he's grown up here, that he spent here and, and, you know, maybe the job not being over and that's why you want to commit to a city. I think that's really been, you know, I, I don't think it's a particular effort outside of just maybe reminding players to be grateful. That's one of the things I think Rick bonus has brought in and the, and, and his coaching staff has just been, you know, be excited about your opportunity, be excited about where you're playing. You know, every day in the NHL should be a good day. 
And while, you know, it's easy to kind of say that and be, you know, uh, you know, tell players, look how much money you're making for playing the game and all those things. Life is life is relative. So maybe we're seeing a bit of a shift here away from, you know, what the what the negative things are in this city and start embracing some of the positives that come with playing in, in such a hockey crazed market like Winnipeg. Well, and the other thing, I, I mean, listen, he's been part of an absolute wrecking crew this year with Adam Lowry on that line, and that is well documented. Um, we know that he's a guy that can play in the top six. He did last year. I wouldn't be surprised if at some point he's back up in the top six, um, you know, this season. Uh, a versatile player can do all those things, but there's another side of Nino with his experience, with his consistency, with his attitude. Like to me, Jeff, that is exactly a guy that I want in that room mentoring a Barlow, a McGrory. Uh, Brad Lambert, a uh, Chaz Lucius. I mean, you can name the young players. Hell, has continued to, to mentor guys like Mark Shifley, like Josh Morrissey, like Kyle Connor. Like, I don't think it has to be no just kidding. the younger guys. I think it's a reminder. You know, those guys maybe don't need the reminder as much, but everyone, you know, no one stops learning. So having any, you know, whether it's the impressionable younger guys, guys who are, you know, making their way into the league and seeing what it takes to to stick and, and to be a Nino Nino rider who had some, you know, certainly some – some fanfare early on in his career as far as his draft went, but, but, you know, has really had to fight and claw his way through the NHL, whether you're a Mark Shifley, a Kyle Connor or a Declan Chisholm in a, or a Logan Stanley, I think you can certainly get a lot out of what his journey is, has, uh, has shown so far in his career. You know what? I sabotage your question. I'm sure yeah, you're heading. Well, no, but I mean, we're just saying, I mean, Hey, it's a great point. I mean, he's obviously been a very good influence on the guys that are here right now. Um, but also the exact sort of a player, I think, that has that sort of experience and has that attitude that, you know, you want to be there when younger players are cutting their teeth and being welcomed into uh, into a new dressing room. Remus does bring up a very interesting point, though. For Just for next season, Connor, Shifley, Ehlers, Ayafalo, Nino, Velarde, Lowry, Appleton, Nemetsnikov, Barron, and Axel, and although Axel's at league minimum, all have contracts. Cole Perfetti will get another contract. Um, you know, when you look at that, there's going to be a lot of competition, and, and these young players are going to have to show that they're ready to go and that they belong um, to crack a lineup that has been putting up some very good results so far this season. Um, and again, things can change. You know, if you're trying to add a defenseman, it does maybe give you a little bit more um, assets that you can kind of shift from forward to defense. Um, but it is interesting how set this team looks for the next couple of seasons for sure. And, of course, beyond that, for some of the most important players like Shifley, like Connor, like Morrissey, like Hellebuck. Well, yeah, and I think when you when – you, I mean, it was – I don't want to say doomsday, but with, with Connor Hellebuck and Mark Shifley – coming to, you know, coming to play into their last season, obviously was spent a, this off season was spent a lot about talking about what their futures would, would have or, or what they could mean. I mean, they, they ultimately, and we talked about this a lot, Huss, I mean, for the, the weeks and maybe even the entire year about they're kind of the domino pieces, because if you, if you took anything away from, from the, from the postseason interviews, whether that be the, the players you're talking about, guys who are under contract for a few more years, and the, you know, Josh Morrissey, Kyle Connor, you know, Nikolai Ehlers, I know is coming up sooner than later, but um, you know, those guys were were looking very closely 
at what at what the at what the next moves would be at, at what Mark Shifley and Connor Hellebuck's future would be because if those guys don't sign, you know, long term commitments, um, and really that's where it was headed. It was either going to be a long term commitment or they were going to be somewhere else. I think a lot of uh, a lot of that, you know, you're looking at the uh, looking at the at the um, contract sheet there. There's a lot of guys that might have been under under contract for the next few years that might that probably wouldn't want to be under contract in Winnipeg for all, for that entire contract. So I think you're looking at a completely different look now. I think you're looking at maybe guys who you know maybe even guys like Kyle Connor and Josh Morrissey that I don't want to say maybe they're exhaling a little bit easier. I don't think that would have necessarily um, you know don't have to be that dramatic. But when they have two of their friends come back and two con, you know integral pieces and. In, in, Connor Halbuck and Mark Shifley, I think you start feeling really good about your own current deal and what you, you know, what, what you might be doing with that. You might be, the conversations to your agent might've been drastically, drastically different after those signings than, than before, because I think there was a, you know, for a lot of players and fans included a lot of a, a wait and see approach here. And, and given that we, you know, given what we've seen over the last few months, how different it could have been, or you know, at points may have even been been headed to to look at what they're do, look at what they're doing now, and to talk about players and and, and being under contract for years to come. I mean, that's got to feel pretty good to be a Jets fan. Yeah, no, I think the uh, Nino Nino's addition, you know, when I think back to last year, was was a real boost in a lot of ways to the organization. And listen, he's done everything right on the ice. He said all the right things. Uh, and he seems just to be a great, great fit. So a, a good day for the Winnipeg Jets and another good day for Kevin Chevaldeoff, who's had a few of them since the beginning of training camp um, for the club. Um, obviously, they're playing the Canes, one of Nita Ryder's former teams tonight. Um, but I've got to ask you about Saturday. Um, and obviously, the Jets won. Declan Chisholm got in, in the lineup, and I joked to Remus, you know, the early start, the goal by Connor Bedard was just an opportunity to live bet the Jets on the puck line at that first TV timeout, if you, if you yeah. care to dabble, yeah. um, but I just uh, Connor Bedard, I, I could not be more impressed with him, man. He, like, to actually get a chance to see him playing the NHL at that level on a team that was completely outmatched, Jeff. He still manages to do things every time he's on the ice that are dangerous. That backhand pass that he made. That wasn't turned. I mean, we saw Shifley do that earlier to Connor. I mean, that was a world class play. We said that might be the assist of the season, but Dard did the same thing. Um, just thoughts on getting a chance to see him in person for the first time, and um, how much we'll be talking about that guy. And maybe not so happy he's in the Central Division in years to come. Well, I guess the good news, Huss, there is that you're you know you'll, you'll see him quite a bit because he's in the Central Division. The bad news is everything else that comes with it. That this guy is looking every bit like the generational player that he's been dubbed. And I know generational is a word that a lot of people seem to be miffed over using. It seems overused, but this guy seems to fit the bill. I mean, it's just you know whether it's his you know his maturity off the ice, his maturity on the ice. I mean, you talk about that pass. It's one thing to have the it's one thing to have the skill and ability to do that. Um, and to deliver that pass, it's another it's another thing entirely to deliver that pass in an NHL game and just have the you know the wherewithal to to come up with that as an option. So um, you know this kid's obviously incredibly special. He's not huge, which I find interesting. You know, five ten. He's not you know he's not super short or anything, but um, just for his ability to be comfortable to play against top end talent and to do so now with you know. 
Um, you know, obviously Corey Perry, that situation, you know, he was brought in to mentor. Taylor Hall was brought in to mentor. He's he's out for the season. You know, a lot of these guys that they brought in to kind of give him help are are, are kind of no longer available or, or at least weren't aren't available in the ways that the team was expecting him them to be. So just for him to to, you know, to have to kind of carry the weight of the world on his shoulders, if you will. And, you know, that world being obviously the NHL, it's a pretty cozy world to be in. Um, but one that he's handling, I think, uh, incredibly well. And and uh, it's going to be crazy, man, because just to see what he's been able to do on the ice, just this season, it'll be interesting to see how he ends the year. And, um, and you know, I mean, the, it, let's face it, the, the rebuild for the Chicago Blackhawks rests you know, I think it's safe to say squarely solely on his shoulders. And, you know, and, and I think just what we're seeing, how he's on that. handling it, you know, I think they're going to be a lot better sooner than later, just given what he's been doing. Yeah. I sure. mean, listen, he, he, I mean, this, this kid is going to be a franchise cornerstone. He'll probably, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets 40 this year and he will be automatic 50 goals probably for the next decade. And, that's not a good thing if you're in the division, but I mean, it is a great thing. And listen, I, I know there's been lots been made of, I mean, the ridiculous thing that he and his family had to go through over the course of this last little bit. And I mean, I won't speak to Friday here in Winnipeg. We, I wasn't there. I don't think you were there either. No. Um, but I will say this. I, I, he's had a spotlight on him that rivals. There's very few players ever. Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby. It's a short list that have had the attention that has come along with his superstardom leading into the National Hockey League and being drafted number one. Um, I can't say enough, though, about the way he's handled himself leading into this, um, as well as through this other ordeal off the ice. I mean, he does have a maturity level that, um, that frankly, I think you really have to for a player in his situation to succeed at the level that most of us expect that he will. Yeah, like, you know, and I think if anyone is prepared for that, it's it's a Connor Bedard. I mean, this guy, you know, it's it's kind of like, you know, he didn't come out of nowhere, right? Like, he, this has been slowly building, you know, he, he you know, he's he is where he's supposed to be at this moment. Uh, and that's in the spotlight. He's, he's known this since he was 15, 16 years old, that he was going to be a special kid, that he was going to follow in the footsteps of guys that you mentioned, whether that be the Sidney Crosby's, the Connor McDavid's. I mean, and that's the unfortunate part, right? It's the unfortunate part about society that we live in, that we, you know, we often put a lot of weight on young kids' shoulders, um, a lot of pressure on them to succeed. I mean, they are paid well. There's no denying that, right? So, you know, there is a lot of expectations. Hell, there's a lot of expectations that Connor Bedard puts on himself. And you could probably make the argument that they exceed anybody else's expectations for him. This is a kid that's been working for this moment is, you know, you know, isn't really, you could make the argument much of his life uh, for sure. And just to see the the maturity that he's been able to handle things and deal with some of the things, you know, I'll take the word from him, bullshit that he's had to deal with. Um, you know, outside that's been perpetuated by, you know, people outside and rumors and with social media and all these things, you know, you know, those questions were eventually going to happen um, for him to handle them the way he did and to, you know, to, you know, to take, take it, you know, I guess, take the questions as they come. Um, you know, I know a lot of people felt that was unfair and a lot of people feel like he shouldn't have to be addressing those. Um, you know, I think, I think it's an unfortunate situation all around that, that he even has to, but um, you know, I'll just end it with what you said, Huss. I mean, the maturity that he has and, and, and brings to the table, um, you know, I think he handled that with quite some aplomb. 
Yeah, and listen, the guy put some asses in seats too. I mean, it was great to see how full the building was. Um, and I, I know it was quite obvious that there were people, uh, lots of people coming from Regina where they watched him play for the Pats. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, there was a guy behind us that came in eight hours from northern Ontario because he wanted to see Connor Bedard. And, um, you know, certainly uh, the Jets are going to need to be able to deal with him for a long time in this division, I think. Um but he's great for the National Hockey League. And, uh, you know, hopefully this entire sordid saga of the last week and a bit is kind of behind him. And, um, you know, maybe there'll be some good with it. Maybe people won't be so stupid on social media to run with and jump on things that have no basis in reality and are, frankly, completely over the line to begin with. Mm. Um, but anyways, couldn't be much more impressed with what he had to had to say. Uh, hey, listen, before we what get you go out, and do, he becomes a rookie of the month. <laughs> Probably every I think sure. he's scored in eight or he's got points in eight straight games. Um and he's got a shot. Like we'll I will mean, ask Paul about this too. I mean, it you were it was impossible not to just to keep your eyes on him. And some of the things that he does, I mean, it's like he's got a sixth sense out there. And I mean his shot, his skating, he's got a very unique style that I, I mean, it's almost like it was built in a lab. Um, and as far as how in some ways it probably was can take, well, yeah, absolutely. But someone can be his size and have that much ability, power, all that. I couldn't be more impressed with Connor Bedard. Um, quickly, let's get to the bombers. No buck for Saskatchewan. He's back as the OC. Mm. Um, just maybe a quick verb from you on, uh, how important this is for the Winnipeg jets, knowing that the brain trust is together and now uh, Buck will be back with this offense again going into next season. Oh, I think if you're the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, you're you're obviously really happy about it, and uh, and I and I imagine Buck Pierce is pretty happy about it. I you know I'd be curious to to know just how badly he wanted the the, the Rough Riders job. I mean, if you look at some of the stories in behind Corey Mace getting it, I mean, there's that one that Justin Dunk came out with talking about like. You know, I wanted that effing job. Like he went in there and 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 wanted that job. That you know, I got a ton of respect for Corey Mace. You know, I don't know him super personally by any means, but but everyone I've talked to him, uh, sorry, everyone I've talked to about him has been nothing but you know nothing but but great uh, you know great comments and great feedback. So I think Saskatchewan got, a, got gets a really good player in Corey Mace. It's just I don't think Buck Pierce is the kind of guy to walk in and say something. Like that, you know, if that's what they were looking for, that's probably not they were what what they were getting. Um, you know, I think this was Buck Pierce's first kind of jump into that world, right? Like, I think that he was, you know, he had turned down um, other opportunities in the past to even interview, and I think this was a sign that he was ready, right? And it, had he gotten the job, I'm sure he would be thrilled about it. But um, to me, it just kind of. I kind of look at this one as in he's ready. Um, you know, is it a place he would necessarily want to go in Regina? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know that to be true or not because you look at, you know, what's, you know, Jeremy O'Day there as the, as the general manager, um, you know, Craig Reynolds um, as, as the, as the guy running the show. I mean, I don't know. There's not a lot. If I'm being honest, there's not a lot of things to be super happy about there. You know what I mean? Like I, I just, I don't, I think there's a lot of, prove it to me for those two guys in their roles. Um, and that's not exactly a great situation to be in when you're, when you're the head coach, uh, you know, your GM kind of has to prove it. I know he's got a three year extension, but, um, but anyway, I think, I think Buck Pierce is certainly happy to be back. You know, he's, 
I know Wade Miller, I imagine, is super happy not to lose him to the Riders. Um, but I also don't think this is the last we've heard of Buck Pierce getting an opportunity. And, um, you know, but for now, he's going to be he's going to be leading that offense. He's going to be leading Zach Kolaris and and that that number one attack that he's that he's uh, been uh, been responsible for the last two years for at least another season. And with the hopes of getting back to to the Grey Cup again for a fifth straight time. Yeah, you bet. Well, I mean, uh, they're in good hands. Now we got to see who's going to be on this team next year. And a lot of work to do for Kyle Walters heading into the offseason. Hammer, always great to chat with you. Have a great one tonight. Enjoy this hockey game this evening, 6.30 start, and we'll uh, do it again soon. Always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks for having me on. Have fun with Paulie next. Miss that guy. <laughs> you bet. You bet. Uh, hey, by the way, we got 500 in the chat right now. Welcome, all of you. Hit that thumbs up if you haven't. really helps us spread the, uh, the channel on YouTube. And if you haven't already, make sure you've hit that subscribe button. Uh, it's totally free. And when you're not able to catch us live... Uh, you'll hit YouTube, and the freshest, latest Winnipeg Sports Talk content will be there for you. So hit that subscribe button and give give a thumbs up for the Nino extension for all you Jet fans out there. Um, speaking of the Jets, Paul Edmonds, voice of the Jets, is jumping on with us in just a minute. You know what? Uh, tonight, Carolina Hurricanes in town, 6.30 start. We're going to get into that with Paul in a moment. Um, you know what make great, makes great holiday gifts? Tickets to see the Winnipeg Jets and those new 48 jerseys that we're going to see for the first time tonight. Really looking forward to seeing how the entire kit looks when the team gets out on the ice. Um, I know they were promoting them at the game on the weekend. Um, I mentioned when I was in Edmonton in week two of the season, I was blown away at how many of the 48 jerseys I saw on the road amongst fans. Seeing more and more at every game right now. Uh, but if you are thinking about a, a special gift for a Jets fan, maybe thinking about flying the 48 like the team will be doing tonight. Of course, ticket information, winnipegjets.com-tickets, and uh, check out those uh, jerseys wherever you get your uh, favorite fan gear and duds. Um, let me give a big thanks to our friends over at Vita Health Fresh Market. Great prices on natural organic supplements, beauty products, and groceries with six locations in Winnipeg and online at myvita.ca. Now listen, I know Men's Health Month is over technically, and, and we had a great time doing the uh, um, program with Prairie Naturals. But guys, men's health should be on top of mind all 12 months of the year. And that's why things like Prairie Naturals, number one line of men's health supplements are available for you, not just in November, but all year long formulated to help males address challenges with prostate health, andropause, low libido, testosterone, stress, male energy, and performance. And you can pick those up at your local Vita Health, proudly family-owned and operated since 1936, empowering people to help, uh, to live healthy lives. Online at myvita.ca, fully shoppable website in six locations for you here in Winnipeg. Um, our friends at Wallace & Wallace are great supporters of Winnipeg Sports Talk. They're the fencing and overhead door specialists here in Winnipeg since 1946. Um, you know, that overhead garage door of yours had lots of ups and downs this summer and fall, but it's about to work a whole lot harder because winter puts much more stress on a garage door. The right time to prevent downtime this winter is now. Call Wallace & Wallace to book your inspection and maintenance service call today for residential and commercial overhead doors, sales and service. There's only one name or two you need to know. And that is Wallace and Wallace. And hey, just as we uh, get to Polly, don't forget, gang, great deals all month long 
at Winnipeg's number one menswear destination, F Apparel. And F gift cards are an amazing gift for that guy in your family that maybe is thinking about up in the menswear in the closet this month. Um, pop by and see them at 190 Smith Street downtown or go to their website at F Apparel. That's E-P-H apparel.com to find more about all of their lines, their custom suits beginning at 400 bucks, Chino's golf pants, custom shirts, both tucked for your suits, untucked styles to wear alone, an incredible selection of menswear accessories. Of course, they'll be doing a big Boxing Day sale, but in the meantime, get great deals on gift cards all month long for December, just in time for Christmas at F Apparel. All right, big news this morning and a big game tonight surrounding the Winnipeg Jets. Let's welcome in our pal, the voice of the Jets on 680 CJOB, Paul Edmonds to the program. What's up, Paulie? How are you? <laughs> I'm really good. I mean, could we have planned this any better? We kind of set this up last week, and then there's some news of the day here today, and outstanding news, I think, for the Winnipeg Jets hustler and, you know, something going forward. It's always interesting to me because it wasn't that long ago that there was not a cry in our market, but at least a number of people that felt that the Winnipeg Jets, with the departures of Wheeler, and certainly you didn't know what was going to go on with Pierre-Luc Dubois and his contract status, that maybe they felt that it was time to move some pieces out and tear this thing down and rebuild. And I just knew that the organization didn't have any appetite for that. And then you move Wheeler out via buyout, you make a trade, multiple player trade with Los Angeles, you get three real key pieces back, uh, two of which are in the lineup now in Velarde and and certainly I follow. Uh, the other guy in Kapari, you're waiting to get him off the shelf. And things come together with a couple of contracts with your number one center and your Vesna candidate goaltender. And all of a sudden, you're looking at the window being wide open again for the team. And if there was any more sort of illustration as to the window being wide open, you see a guy that signs a three-year contract extension for not a lot of money, the same you know, amount of money he's getting paid right now on a current deal. It's not, I think, extending to anybody that's going to be uh, looking at a contract that goes too long. And all of a sudden, you say to yourself, boy, this team is probably capable of a few things with some tweaks here and there, not only for this year, but for many years to come with the same group. And, you know, you always talk about running it back. Well, if they have some success this year, I guarantee they're going to run this thing right back. And why not? Everybody wants to be here. And that's the key today that we heard coming out of Jetsland was that, you know, players want to be here. There's nobody that doesn't want to be here anymore. And again, that was proved today with the contract extension of Nino. You know, it, it's funny. And I was thinking about this when Bones has mentioned this a number of times. Everyone here wants to be here. He, and we heard about guys wanting out. Well, now everybody wants in. And those are music to the ears of fans, I think. And very important for the team and the city and all of that. I do wonder, though, if Bones went in at the start of training camp or even the first year and said, Listen, if you want to get the hell out, get the hell out. Everyone's here. You know, one of those bones of uh, bones moments. But the message is not lost on people, and I think the fan base as well. And that is part, Paul, of why I think just the atmosphere, and I mean, you can speak to it as well as anyone being with the team on a daily basis at home and on the road, um, that you know, we've heard the talk for a long time, what a close-knit group it is and all that, and I think it – times that has been more true than others. I would argue that it seems as true as it's ever been right now with this club. And I think today's extension, a perfect example of that. The most revealing part was that, you know, we, 
we see the the aftermath. We see the final result, and that's the contract extension at four million for three more years per. But we don't see the lead up to that. And today, Rick Bonus was talking about well, they got kind of moving on this last year during the exit interviews. And Nino went to management and the coaching staff and said, I'm interested in staying here. I've got one year left on my deal. And if you can make this work and we can make this work, I want to stay here. So we saw the the birth of this, the genesis of this, uh, you know, cultural revolution, if you will, uh, with the Winnipeg Jets going into the start of last year. And it carried through and developed some momentum, I think, as the season went along and you acquired a piece like Vladislav Domestikov and, you know, Nita Ryder and guys that signed, you know, extensions, uh, Domestikov during the offseason with a new contract because he was UFA and now Nino's deal. So, you know, the birth of this started a little while ago, and I think it just lends credence to the fact that things have changed here and guys just find uh, not a comfortable sort of situation to be in from the standpoint that, you know, it's a country club, but just that they feel that they can win here. They're happy here. They're happy with the environment in the room. And they're certainly happy with the exterior aspect of their families being happy in this market. And I think it goes back and lends a lot of um, support to the fact that 1.0 was like that. Uh, you, you talk to some players and, and administrators about uh, the Winnipeg Jets 1.0 and how everybody really enjoyed being here. And sure, there was the guys that would come in and, and get traded here and they go, oh, I'm going to Winnipeg. And then they got here and the thing that you would hear is they loved it here. And I think we're seeing the exact sort of history repeat with this group with 2.0. Paul, how would you describe Nino's role within the team um, off the ice, like in the dressing room, around the guys? Like I, I, I've said a number of times when we were talking about this, um, potential extension that, I mean, just based on what he does on the ice, it's a no-brainer. I mean, that line he's on right now with the ability to play in the top six um, it, it is very, very important. But the more I think about Niederreiter's spot within the organization with his veteran presence, with his experience, with the fact that he plays at such a high level, does everything you want in a 200-foot game, scores 20 in his sleep, like this is exactly the guy that I want a Rutger McGrory, a Brad Lambert, a Colby Barlow sort of being around and learning as they cut their teeth in the NHL. Uh, as I said, you're around this team as much as anyone. How would you describe the way Nino interacts with his teammates and his role in the culture of the club? I think Nino is a reflection of our city, right? And just all of those um, attributes that you talked about and the adjectives that you use to describe him. You know, we're a bit of a blue-collar town here. We like players that go out and give us an effort every single time, whether it's on the gridiron, on the ice, or you know, on the ball diamond, whatever it is, whatever sport it is, that's sort of that grittiness that Winnipeg has to it and wants from their athletes. And I think Nino delivers that. And not only that, but he does it with some humility as well, right? You know, this is a guy that's really gotten involved in the community here and the community aspect, sponsoring you know, hockey teams. We saw that on some social media uh, the other day through the True North Youth Foundation. Paul, hold on a sec. We lost you for a second. I think you're back right now. Can you hear me? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, sorry. You were just a, yeah. you were just on a real roll, and then it cut out for a moment. But, uh, but yeah, I had a, there was a phone call. Yeah, there was a phone <laughs> call that was coming in on my phone. So um, I think he just reflects the city, and and he's gotten involved in the community here. And you're right. I mean, he's pardon the term. He's a Swiss Army knife. 
you know, you can move him up. But I think he's very, very suited to that Lowry and Appleton line where it's a bit of a grind line that has some offense to it. You can move him up. He can play different sides. Uh, you could probably throw him in at center if you want. I mean, when you look at the games that he's played, over 800 in his career, second most to – uh, Roman Yossi for Swiss-born players, right? I mean, he's going to get to 1,000 games at some point. He's probably going to do it in a Winnipeg Jets uniform, and isn't that going to be great? Uh, but I just think that the reflection of this guy, and he just epitomizes everything that you want in your team. You know, the humility aspect, uh, the the ability to play, as you said, score 20 in his sleep multiple times in the National Hockey League. Uh, the list goes on, and and just a great guy as well. And that's what they're building here. Not just good hockey players, but they want good people. And they've, they've really done a good job in, in turning that over and, and collecting players like that in the last couple of years. And Nino fits the bill. I'm really happy for him. I think he's really happy to be here. Um, there's a lot of fans that love the way he plays on that third line with the Winnipeg Jets. And when you look at, you know, Lowry a couple more years, Appleton another year, that line could be together, could be together for a few more years after that if they get Appleton done. And there's no reason to feel that uh, that he wouldn't be part of that group going forward after next season. So there's a lot of stability in the roster. I don't think much is going to change when it comes to the forward core of this team um, going forward and, and certainly not in the number one goaltender spot. So there's a lot to like about this signing, but I think it reflects the cultural change that we've had and seen with the Winnipeg Jets the last couple of years. Well, you know, I mean, thinking big picture, just to your point about looking ahead to next season, I mean, most of these guys are signed. And if anything, Paul, this also, and sometimes you got to make tough decisions if you want to make a big acquisition. And I'm not putting anybody on the trade block right now, but um, when you have that many players signed and you have talented young guys that will be getting ready to make that move up, you've got the guys with the moose, you've got Barlow and McGrory that haven't yet turned pro. Um, one, there's going to be an incredible level of competition to play at a level that keep you in the lineup and I think it also gives Kevin Sheveldayoff some assets that if they do want to make a bigger move to potentially, you know, get a big-time player for the top four, the right side of your defense, um, there's some options there for Kevin Sheveldayoff. So certainly from a personnel standpoint, things look quite good, and uh, they could get even better with contributions from younger players if they can get into the lineup over the next couple seasons. Let's focus in on what's happening tonight. The Carolina Hurricanes, one of Nino Niederreiter's former teams, here in Winnipeg to round out the homestand and throw it on the 48s for the first time. This is going to be an interesting matchup and one that I think any Winnipeg Jet player that remembers how, to be frank, they have been manhandled by Carolina on a couple of occasions in the past couple of years. A great test for Winnipeg to try to build off ending the losing streak on, on Saturday against a Blackhawks team that, let's face it, not in the, not in the stratosphere of where Rod Brindamore's team is coming into tonight. But I will say this, you know, you didn't want to take Chicago lightly, and I didn't think that the Jets did. Nope. And you also didn't want to get into sort of this run and gun and out of your structure against a team like that, and I don't think the Jets did either. So full marks for the 3-1 victory because those types of games, especially when you've lost a couple in a row and, and everybody wants to default back to how they sort of played some river hockey in their days, and, you know, it might be point night in wasn't they were structurally sound and I thought that they did it through defense specialty teams because I know they only had one kill they also scored a power play goal and they also had some defensemen that were activated as well and, and pretty good goaltending so that's an important win now you've got to follow that up because you need to get another point or two out of this 
game tonight against Carolina. And this will be a challenge because otherwise the homestand is anything but a a 50-50 proposition if you don't win this hockey game because then it's a losing homestand. And you certainly don't want that when you're trying to keep pace with the two top teams in the Central Division. Now, over the last few years, Winnipeg's done fairly well here against Carolina in Winnipeg at Canada Life Center. They're four and two in their last six games. Now, three of those four wins for Winnipeg have come by one goal. And I think you sort of remember last year when they had a multiple goal lead and then gave up three, not one, not two, but three six-on-five goals to send it to overtime before Josh Morrissey scored the overtime winner to give Winnipeg the full two points. Jets did lose down in Carolina a little bit later. But, yeah, this is a team in Carolina that is built to be a Stanley Cup contender, no question about it. I mean, last year they got to the conference final and lost in kind of a surprising sweeping fashion to the Florida Panthers, but they lost all four of those games by one goal, two of which were in overtime. So from that standpoint, Rod Brindamore has built a pretty good team here, along with Don Waddell. What they lacked last year was a little bit of grit and some... There's another phone call for Paul coming in on his phone. The beauty of the live live shot here at uh, at WST. Um, By the way, just while we uh, get Paul set up again... um, that game last year was a wild one, and it was David Riddick that was in net for that game. And interestingly enough, it's Lauren Brassois in net tonight. I kind of thought they might roll with Hellebuck knowing there was two more days beforehand, but we'll get Paul's thoughts on that as well. You're too popular of a guy in the middle of the afternoon, Paul. <laughs> so I got to tell you the backstory on this. Before I went on, I left two phone messages, okay, for, for two outlets. thinking, And one of them was the bank. And, you know, they put you in queue at the bank and then they're going to call you back and, you know, sit around your phone and wait for the next five hours and might ring. Well, they got back to me a little bit sooner than I thought. I thought I had a bigger window. So that's what's going on here. I don't think anybody else is going to call me unless, of course, it's my bride. But um, she doesn't call until the kids are picked up from school. So anyway, Hustler, from that standpoint, you know, this is a this is a tough um, Hurricanes team. I mean, you know, they've, they've got some toughness. They added Brennan Lemieux. They got Tony D'Angelo back. Neither one will play today because I don't think that they feel it's going to be that type of game. But they got manhandled a little bit in the playoffs last year by the Florida Panthers. So they've done some, they've made some alterations to their team, added a few pieces where they feel that they had to get a little bit stronger. Um, but I think that this is, this is a team that is destined maybe for another run to the conference final in the East, um, maybe challenge for top spot in the Metro. And that's another thing. Now, Winnipeg was not very good against the Metro Division at all last year. In fact, their record was four games under 500 at 6-10. and 10. So from that standpoint, you've got to get better against all the divisions if you certainly want to you know, make hay and climb in the standings. So an important game for the Jets, important for a lot of reasons. Let's see where they're at. It's sort of a litmus test, a challenging game to kind of view your game, but also to finish up strong on the homestand and then at the same time to – get out of town and continue to keep pace with uh, the two heavyweights in your division in, uh, in Colorado and Dallas. Hey, um, let's talk about the goaltending. I mean, LB, uh, this is a big start for him. I would suggest um, he hasn't played a ton so far. He's sort of been yeah, pretty good at times, a little shaky at others. Um, I, I thought maybe if they were going to play him, it might've been Saturday because of the quality opponent. I mean, uh, just your thoughts on uh the challenge for Brassois and how important it will be that he plays his best if they want to come out of this with two points. 
Well, there used to be a time long ago when you looked at your backup and you looked at the standings and you looked at the teams coming in. If they were below sort of the playoff line, your backup went. But then things started to change in that sort of mentality and that philosophy that those are games that you really need to win or you expect to win and are winnable. So that's when you go with your starter. Not to mention the fact that that philosophy was at play and applicable to the Saturday game against Chicago, but it's also a matinee. And Connor Hellbuck loves to play in those matinees going back to his college days. So it was simply an easy slot in for Connor Hellebuck. But now you've got to get some time because Hellebuck was still now on pace for 64, 65 games. And I still think that that might be a little bit too high for where they want him to play. They want him ready to go for the postseason if Winnipeg gets there. So the sweet spot might be around 61-62. So Lauren Brossois has to play more. And it's an out-of-conference game, so that's where Lauren Brossois will get the opportunity today. Now, I felt the last couple of starts for Lauren that he's looked a little bit more comfortable. I don't know what for many reasons it could be assessed here, but this didn't start the year that we kind of thought that he was going to. Maybe put too much pressure on himself, and, and maybe there was you know the expectation coming out of um, Vegas in that uh, Stanley Cup championship where he wins you know, five of their 16 games to, to get to the Stanley Cup um, and win it, that he's kind of coming in here to do that and play more games. We knew he was never superseding Connor Hellebuck, but he knew that he was going to get more playing time. And I just think that he's kind of got grounded here in the last few starts. And I kind of wrote it down here. He's 2-1-1 one, and one in his last four. So, you know, points in three of the last four that he's helped the team accumulate. So I think that's important from the backup standpoint. He doesn't have to go out tonight and be fancy. Just stop the puck and, and let the second and third chances be cleared by the guys in front of you. Um, so we'll see what happens. But Lauren Brossois, you know, is it another important start for him? Of course, they all are. But I just feel that Lauren Brossois has just kind of felt his way around a little bit easier than he had in the first couple of starts of the year. Yeah, I, I was with you. I mean, I thought the first two were a little shaky. He got it together the next two. But I will say this. I mean, sitting on that goal that he gave up against Nashville and the way that that game went and doing it for, like, I'm sure he probably would have loved to have gotten in a little earlier just to move on from that. But I guess the point is this is probably the biggest test he'll have um, up to this point this season, although I guess he did play the first game against Vegas, hell of a hockey team themselves. Um, but uh, it's all hands on deck tonight. If the Jets want to win this game, everyone's going to have to be uh, at or near their best. Um, Declan Chisholm gets back in. Um, what were your thoughts on his game? And, and I, I guess I just want to put this out. Like, I know there's a lot of people talking about Nate Schmidt. I realize that he makes a lot of money, and that probably is why there's a bit bigger target on his back. But I don't see this really as a shot against Nate Schmidt, to be honest. I think if you look at all the numbers of he and Dylan Sandberg on that third pairing, and they have acquitted themselves very well. So it, it, it is even more of a credit to Declan Chisholm that he was able to get into a game and show that he deserved another one right now. Just thoughts on where the blue line is right now and this second uh, opportunity in a row for Declan and certainly moving up a weight class when it comes to the opponent that he's going to be seeing tonight. Yeah, that's the difference. I mean, this is in Chicago, although you're defending probably one of the soon-to-be premier players in the National Hockey League in Connor Bedard. Um, but at the same time, I thought Declan was very good the other day. And as Coach Bonus mentioned, there was a couple of... Maybe the wife got the, got the kids early today. No. 
It's unbelievable. <laughs> the um, most popular Declan guy Chisholm. in town. Everyone's like, hey, Paul, I'm uh, watching on Winnipeg Sports Talk. <laughs> if you're watching live and you have his number, don't call him for another five uh, yeah, minutes. Yeah, don't please. call me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Declan Chisholm, I thought, uh, has acquitted himself well in the three games that he's played for the Winnipeg Jets going back a couple of years. You know, there was a couple of slip-ups that Rick Bonus had mentioned uh, the other day, but that's going to happen. What he does is he skates very well and he moves the puck. And it was time for him to graduate from the American Hockey League. The problem with Winnipeg this year when it comes to the back end has not been a problem really at all with personnel. It's just that they've been healthy. And couple that with the fact that you don't really want to have to waive Logan Stanley or Declan Chisholm because then they would be you know, vulnerable to being picked up by somebody. And I don't think the Winnipeg Jets at the start of the year – we're interested in losing those guys like they did Jonathan Kovacevic last year, right? So they, they protected them and they carried the extra defenseman this year. So they've had eight being around here and then trying to facilitate, you know, minutes and getting guys in has been the difficult part. And Nate Schmidt has been the odd man out now for the third time this year, second healthy scratch in a row to accommodate the opportunity for Declan Chisholm. But we've also seen years in the past where Winnipeg couldn't keep a healthy lineup of defensemen. Think of that year that I think they lost four or five of them by Christmas, and Ben Sherratt got his chance, you know, not that long ago. So well, from Dan that Chisholm standpoint, played, what, played in two games two years ago, way ahead of schedule, um, and then had to wait two years to actually get back in on Saturday afternoon. That's right. And, I mean, so from that standpoint, when you look at it, that's been the biggest conundrum is finding time for these guys to get in because the Jets' blue line has been healthy. So, um, I think that when you're looking at this, it's not necessarily an audition. Declan Chisholm will be an NHLer, um, and they want to get him in the lineup. He moves the puck very well. He can play that opposite side. He's a left shot that plays the right side. He skates wonderfully. He's already on the power play. I mean, as, as you know, I could get it, the amount of time that the Mark Scheifele unit will get. Uh, or on the back end with Josh Morrissey on that first power play, but it's a second power play unit and a distinction there that tells you a little bit about what they feel that Declan Chisholm can add to that power play unit and what he brings as an asset from his game as an offensive potential defenseman. So I like the moves here. Uh, You feel bad for Nate Schmidt, but at some point you've got to work these guys and you just can't have them sit here. I think one of the biggest things that I scratched my head about last year and look at the year he's having down the American Hockey League with the Moose, but you know, Kyle Capabianco, it was a season that just wasn't a great season for him. He didn't play a whole lot last year, and he was constantly the seventh defenseman, and that's tough. I mean, he's a, still a younger guy, mid-20s, trying to develop and, and get an opportunity, and he certainly found the, his way with the Manitoba Moose. But you don't want that scenario with two of these younger guys, especially Chisholm, to repeat itself for a second straight year. So they've made some hard decisions in now sitting Nate Schmidt for the third time as a healthy scratch to be able to get uh, to be able to get a guy like Declan, Declan Chisholm into the lineup. Hey, Paulie, before we go, um, you mentioned that young man were in 98 for the visitors on Saturday. Just um, thoughts on uh, what you saw from Connor Bedard in the first of what will be many meetings against the Winnipeg Jets over what should be an incredible career for the young man. 18 years old, has all kinds of skill. The puck is, it's one of those players where the puck finds those guys, right? Um, Playing center, a lot of expectations. He's had some line mates that have, you know, Taylor Hall started with him, but he's out for the rest of the year. And so he's going to have that. And I think they've surrounded him with some some good players. You know, Foligno, I know he's a little bit older, plays in the 
third line, but having that kind of guy, Nick Foligno in the dressing room and, and just some, some people to make sure that he's learning the NHL game the right way. So the skill and the ability and the skating and the shot and, and the presence and the vision, all of those things were on full display. And you got to see that. But what I liked about him the most was, and he's going to take a little more of this. He's not an oversized guy. I think he's 5'10", maybe 5'11", 5'10 and a half. So he's not diminutive, but he's not a six-footer or six-one or six-two. So a little undersized to play that middle role. He's going to be kind of wearing a few cross checks and slashes over his career. And what I found was he was pushing back in the corners, and he wasn't afraid to get involved, get involved in the physicality of it. And that's going to that's going to serve him well as he goes forward in his NHL career. He won't get pushed around. I'm not saying that he's you know not going to have somebody that's not going to protect him, but in order to play that way in order to put up points and be the distributor that he's, need, he's going to need to be to be a centerman and a, a very good 200-foot centerman in the National Hockey League, he needs to play in the dirty areas of the ice. And that means that you can't be bashful about trying to get there. And I didn't see that all from the kid at all on Saturday afternoon. Uh, he had like a sixth sense about him. I mean, you mentioned the puck following him. I mean, that backhand pass that he made. I mean, uh, it reminded me of that pass that Mark Scheifele made to Kyle Connor earlier this year, which will be on every one of the season-ending highlight reels. Um, but um, as I said, it was very fun to see him right now. It might not be as fun in future years when uh, that team gets to be uh, where they hope to go, led by Connor Bedard. But um, the and a lot of people came in to see it, as I mentioned. He put some butts in seats, too, which is a, a great thing for the NHL. Paulie, thanks so much for doing this. Have a great call tonight and uh, an enjoyable road trip coming up. I will, and I'll make sure the next time I'll do it on my computer so we don't have any interruptions. But my <laughs> pleasure. Too popular. Now you can go return all those calls. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Thanks, we'll do Paul. that. <laughs> There's Paul yeah. Edmonds. Uh, pre-game tonight, 4.30. Paul and Mitchell Clinton have the call on 680 CGOB Winnipeg Jets Radio at 6.30. Again, early start. This is a Sportsnet game tonight. So um, I just sort of was looking at tickets going, whoa, uh, half an hour earlier tonight. So uh, govern yourselves accordingly tonight, folks. Um, all right, listen, we uh, are going to have Dave McCarthy come up with us in a couple minutes. Remo, just before, just kind of finishing up this Jets conversation, why don't we play those other two clips from uh, Rick Bonus? Um, this is just in relation to Declan Chisholm. Here's Bones on Carolina being a harder test for Chisholm in game number two uh, than uh, Chicago, who was here on uh, Saturday. This, this is a battle tonight. They, they have four lines, 60, and they just keep coming. They play north, they play fast, they play hard, and they play consistent. So it'll be a totally different game than what we saw last game. And Chicago plays a different way. Every team plays a different way since some, you know, different characteristics of the team. This is the team that goes north. This is the team that gets up on you. This is the team that's physical. So this will be a real good test for them. All right, so uh, there's a little bit of bones on Declan Chisholm and one more on... Uh... You know, just similarities between the Winnipeg Jets, their style of play, and what Rod the Bod's going on with the visitors here tonight in the peg. Every team that's scoring in this league today, your defense are involved. You want to keep your offense up. You want to keep your zone time up. You better get your uh, your D involved. So uh, they've got some great defensemen over there, and they love to shoot the puck. So our forwards are going to have to do a good job of getting out there and getting in those lanes in a hurry because they've got some big guys that can battle you hard at the net. So our box outs will be a little more difficult. But, uh, yeah, but we... We came in here last year and said we're getting our D a lot more involved. And you saw a couple of games where 
the zone time was way down, the chances were way down, and you saw the chances go up last game, you saw the zone time go way up. Now again, two, two different teams, we understand that, but somewhere in the middle there is where we want to be. Should be a good one tonight as the Jets finish up the uh, homestand. And I wouldn't at all be surprised if 62 is out there to take the opening face off and gets a little extra oomph from the crowd as a little congratulations for the uh, contract extension signed earlier today. We'll kick that around in a bunch of other NHL news and notes with Dave McCarthy. And just one second before we do that, have to thank our great sponsors of Princess Auto for their support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. The holidays are here. Uh, everybody loves Princess Auto, and that's because you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto, Winnipeg-based company, proud sponsors of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and more. You can pop by and see them in-store, Panet Road, Portage Avenue West, or shop online 24-7, 365 over at Princess Auto auto.com speaking of those holidays and those new 48 jerseys tonight you know where you can grab those at royal sports the ultimate sports superstore in winnipeg for 40 years uh the 48s the heritage jerseys thousands of pieces of jets merchandise all waiting for you to take care of the jet fan and the family and while you're there check out their bomber merch nfl major league baseball Hopefully we'll be selling some Otani Jays jerseys in a few weeks. Um, Of course, NBA, international soccer, and the biggest and best hockey uh, department in town as the hockey experts for 40 years. It's all there for you for the holidays right now. Royal Sports, 750 Pemina Highway. And make sure to follow them on Instagram for the latest merchandise drops and sale information. And just before we bring in Dave... Um, have to thank our friends at Boston Pizza. They're going to be uh, making a special delivery for a few slices for everybody that's uh, joining us for the WST holiday party on Wednesday in support of the Christmas cheer board. If you haven't already, link is in the description. Click on that. Every cent of the tickets, I think they're $11.98, is going to the cheer board. As they say, we'll have some pizza. We'll have some ice cream from Nick and Nicky DQ. We'll have Winnipeg's favorite local beers and uh, nothing like the great taste of Boston pizza. And if you're not going to the game tonight, be a great night to saddle up at your local BP. Jets and Canes at 6.30. And a big Monday nighter for the Jacksonville Jaguars as they look to go to 9-3 and three with a win over the Cincinnati Bengals. Ice-cold schooners, world-famous BP wings, gourmet pizzas, and Monday night football doesn't get much better at your local BP. And hey, if you're staying at home, you can always order online, hot and fast to your door, at bostonpizza.com. All right. It has been a minute since we've had our pal Dave McCarthy on the program, and Dave joins us now from one of the more festive settings we've had over the last couple of weeks. Dave McCarthy, NHL.com, Series XM Radio. What's up, boss? It's great to have you back in the peg on WST. Always good to be with you, man. When was the last time? I don't think it's been since the season started. Yeah, just so it's good to be with you. Started. Maybe we were kicking around training camp or something like that. Okay, yeah, that sounds familiar. I think it was outside at the time. Yeah, well, that's right. We always love your backyard, uh, but very nice Christmas tree. You've kind of, you know, you. freshened the place up for the season. Looking great. And uh, how's it been, though, for the first season? Listen, I, you know, I want to talk about some of the other spots in the league. Um, but let me ask you from afar, 
what you've thought about the Winnipeg Jets start to the season. And of course, the big news today that Nino Niederreiter is sticking around for another three seasons. Well, I think first off on the contract extension for Nino Niederreiter, um, when you couple that with the extensions that to me came right out of left field for Connor Hellebuck and Mark Shifley at the beginning of the season, I really liked what Rick Bonus had to say this morning when he was asked about it. You know, you talk about everybody wanting out. Well, now here's three examples of three key guys who want in and want to stay and commit to Winnipeg long term. So that's a really good sign for the franchise um, that you've got core guys that are willing to commit long term uh, to being a part of this club moving forward. Because because I, I you know I understand that it it can be difficult at times one to recruit guys and then two to get them to stick around. Um, but you know, it's funny when you put a good team together, um, and guys start to commit and then you start to have success. It's amazing how quickly suddenly that narrative can turn and guys will say, well, you know what, Uh, Winnipeg, the jets right now, they provide me with an opportunity to win. So I want to come to Winnipeg and it's happened in a number of other marketplaces, uh, around the league. Everybody says, uh, Toronto, Oh, you know, it's so easy for them to go out and recruit guys. Well, it certainly wasn't for about 10 years from 2004 to 2015. It wasn't. I can tell you that much. Why? Because the team was crap every year. Who the hell wanted to come here, deal with all of the nonsense that you have to deal with playing in Toronto and be in a position where you don't have a chance to win? So it wasn't easy for them to recruit. But it's amazing how easy it has been since the team's turnaround. And I think that's going to happen in Winnipeg too. You know, I, I really do. So that's that's great news to see. And um, I guess on the ice house, what I'd say is finally the Jets aren't making a fool out of me because every single year I come into the year looking at this roster and I say, man, it looks pretty good on paper. Like, you know, they may not have the, the two best players in the Western Conference up front, but line through line, they might have some of the best depth in the Western Conference. Every single line they can put out there can really do damage. Um, and and now it's it's seeming to come together. Um, I, I think the fact that they were able to turn Pierre-Luc Dubois, who wanted out into uh, a number of guys that are real, live, tangible NHL players, um, has helped. Now, Gabe Velarde's been out for a lot of the year. He hasn't even really made an impact yet, so the team's only going to get better once he gets up and running and rolling a little bit. So um, I, I like what I see. I, I really do. I just hope, you know, this year, finally, we don't get to a position where the wheels start to come off as they did in the second half of last year, and they basically just barely squeeze in. So, so far, so good. I don't think you could have asked for a better start to the season for Winnipeg given the tumultuous last you know, what do we call it? 15, 18 months uh, in, wow. in, the, in, in Winnipeg. Listen, Dave, to that point, I mean, if in the last week of August, you would have told me that we are now in the first week of December and Nino Niederreiter is upping, re-upping for three years, which is a term that makes a lot of sense for the Jets. I think that sense was that, I mean, why wouldn't you ask for four or five years that would take you to 35 or 36. Um, but on top of the double Thanksgiving bomb from Chevy of the identical extensions for Hellebuck and Shifley, I would have laughed. I mean, that just did not seem possible. And yet here we are right now. And I think that atmosphere, like the commitments of those players, 
along with what's happened on the ice, and it's taken so much of the noise, frankly, mm -hmm. what we would have been talking about all the time here. What's happening with these guys? Who's on the trade board? Yeah. How many Winnipeg Jets are there? There's no Jets there now anymore. And the team's winning hockey games. Obviously, they didn't have a great week last week with the three losses in a row, but bounced back with a win and overall a pretty positive start. And I can tell you that for a team that's often talked about you know, how tight-knit the room is and how good the feelings were around, it really does seem a lot more real now. And I got a lot more confidence that you won't see an extended swoon. Every team's going to go through ups and downs during the season. I mean, it's 82 games. I mean, that's just the way things work. Right. But this team right now, I think, is poised to um, continue to be a very competitive team in the Central Division, try to get into the playoffs and make some noise when uh, when it all happens. Yeah, it's not going to be easy, right? There's good teams in the Central Division. Dallas looks like a real team. Colorado's a real team. So um, they're going to have to beat some good teams if they want to go on a deep run. But all you can ask for is to have a chance. And and I think they're going to get in. Um, I'm trying to think of what I want to say here. With relative ease because I don't really like much of what's behind those three teams in the Central Division. Like Nashville doesn't really get me going all that much. St. Louis doesn't really get me going all that much. They can't score. Um, the Yotes are, are playing pretty good, but you got to show me a little bit more before I, I really start to get... I mean, they might squeeze in, but I don't think they're catching Winnipeg, Dallas, or Colorado. That's my point. Um, so I think they're going to get in with relative ease. And 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 given that, I think uh, Kevin Sheveldayoff is going to be in a position come trade deadline time to try to identify any weaknesses and augment them heading into the playoffs. And then and then you take your chances where you where you may. Um, you know, if you look at if you look at um, a potential matchup with Dallas in the first round, if if that's how it ends up going, if Dallas Dallas and Winnipeg finish second or third. Um, you know what a goaltending matchup that could end up being, right? Bet between uh, Connor Hellebuck and Jake Ottinger, um, that that would be incredible. And and I think you know really that would be a pick'em series to me. I, I would have a really difficult time at this point in the year um, zeroing in on a favorite. So that's what you want. You want to have a chance, and I think Winnipeg absolutely does uh, this year where we sit. Dave McCarthy with us on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Dave, how much have you seen of the Hurricanes this year? Um, and is this team coming in with the best and deepest blue line in the NHL, in your opinion? On paper, I would have said that coming into the year. Uh, they haven't played like it all of the time this year. They, they, they got off to a bit of a slow first couple weeks. They've, they've given up some goals um, more so this year compared to to past years. Um, and they've seemed to be a little bit looser than I've been accustomed to seeing Carolina. So I, I think they've got the personnel to to really be a, a contender in the East. But I still think they're searching for their game uh, a little bit. They're they're not quite a well-oiled machine, the likes of which I would I would say, you know, LA has gotten to. Over the last uh, month or so, I remember when they were here in Toronto at the end of October, Halloween night, in fact, and Todd McClellan was saying, you know, we can score, but we're still trying to find our defensive game, and we need to be better in that area if we're really going to have a chance. I think they've, they've really done a good job of zeroing in on that, that game 
um, over the last uh, the last month or so, and and now I think they're an absolute an absolute wagon out there. Like the Kings, to me, are are a really good looking team. So, um, you know, they've figured it out. I think Carolina will get to that point, but I I still think there's a there's a bit of a work in progress um, uh, component to Carolina. You know, Dave, I've got to ask you quickly about the Leafs. Um, listen, they uh, lost in uh, what was a pretty thrilling OT, but they got the extra point with a uh, hell of a late goal um, on Saturday against the Bruins. I mean, you look at their record, 12-6-4, pretty good, in a playoff spot. And then you dive in, only the Montreal Canadiens have fewer regulation wins this year. They have five of them. So they've got seven of them in OT or shootouts. Um where are the Leafs at right now? And, and what is the atmosphere around the fan base right now? I mean, is this freaking people out or is this just, hey, these guys are so good, they can win it and it's no big deal? Well, I'll tell you right now, it feels like the Leafs are having the 1993 Montreal Canadian Stanley Cup playoff run of regular seasons. <laughs> just without it- the 10 shutouts. Well, 10, 10 overtime wins Montreal had, right? right. That, that year in, in the playoffs. And it seems like the Leafs, uh, whenever they win, it's a close game and it's an overtime or a shootout. So um, I, I don't know. I think it's a little too early in the year to start um, worrying so much about regulation wins versus extra time wins um, because I don't think they're all created equal. Really, I, I don't, right? Like if you are playing Vegas on the second night of a back-to-back and you win in overtime – or you crush the San Jose Sharks in regulation, what is more impressive, right? I mean, that that's that's what I'm getting at. So I, I think that can be skewed a little bit, the perception of, of the value of regulation was this early in the year. Um, when we get to like the end of January, then maybe that would be something to talk about. But but I, I think to, to, to take a broad step back, the record, as you rhymed off, is is good, right? You look at their record and you think, okay, well, they're in good shape, and and they are, but it it doesn't feel like it should. Like I think they're six one and two over their last nine games. Um, most fan bases are jumping up and down. Any team will take that. Yeah, any team would take that, and and the Leafs, to their credit, are saying exactly that. Two points or two points, we'll take that. But it just does feel like there's so much more there for them to give, which, you know, you can look at it one of two ways. Yes, have they been underwhelming? Sure, sure. But you could also go glass half full and say they've played nowhere near their best hockey and are still in pretty good shape. And they are bound to get better. You know they're going to get better. You know that... Austin Matthews will start to deliver more than he has. Um, Mitch Marner will deliver more than he has. That Tyler Bertuzzi will will continue to get better. That Max Domi will score more than one goal in the next quarter of the season. That they're going to get some help back on defense sooner than later with Timothy Lilligren around the corner. And um, and, and likely Brad Treliving going out. And, and adding to the back end once they get some some final clarity on John Klinberg's status. So you know, I, I think it's 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 good to take a glass half full approach. It's not like 
they're the Edmonton Oilers where it's devastation and they've got to play out of their minds now for 60 games even to get in. Leafs have played nowhere near their best hockey. They're still in a relatively comfortable position and they're bound to get better. But you are right. Um, Their record on paper um, does not feel as good as it looks right now. Is there there buyer's remorse on the Reeves deal right now in year one of three? No, I don't think so. I I really don't. I I don't understand why people are so hung up on that. Um, If they get to the point where they determine that Ryan Reeves is a guy that can no longer contribute, they bury that deal. And... Six hundred thousand bucks, five hundred thousand bucks counts against the cap. Really, neither here nor there, right? Um, so, so no, I, I don't think there is at this point. I just mean, like, you know, is he? Will he be in the lineup as this goes forward? I mean, there's been a lot of talk. He's out playing a little bit. I mean, he does bring an element that a lot of teams want. Right. It just hasn't seemed like it's really clicked and he's having a tough time being effective when Keith does put him out there. Yeah, like I, I think the right way to to manage Ryan Reeves was always to use him situationally. Um, like I, I don't think I he is a guy that should be in the lineup 82 times a year. But there are certain teams where um, where they where they tend to play uh, a certain way that suits uh, what he brings to the lineup uh, more so than than other opponents. And in a case like that, for instance, against the Florida Panthers last week, when uh, you had a feeling that you know things could could be a little physical, that's a game you want him in the lineup um, against the Boston Bruins. Uh, given how the last game went when there was no response to to Bradley Marchand dumping Timothy Lilligren into the end boards and we haven't seen him since, you know, he's a guy you put in the lineup uh, in a game like that. If you're playing a, a more finesse, fleet of foot team like, I don't know, Carolina, you know, whatever, then no, you, you probably don't put him in the lineup because his skill set doesn't lend to that kind of a game. So, um. Yeah, that that's that's how I see Ryan Reeves. I really don't think, you know, they've got other problems right now on on that roster that go far beyond worrying about Ryan Reeves or not. Like, I think I said it on your show prior to the year there when I was on. Um, they're going to have to go out and improve the blue line. Like Brad Trelevin can say what he wants that it's underrated as he did in training camp, and and that's all well and good. But I can't imagine that's what he actually believes. So they, they're going to have to go out and, and, and upgrade on the back end. I think they will. Um, and if they do, that'll put the team in a way better position, whether or not uh, Ryan Reeves is in the lineup. Um, I think that becomes really not even a secondary. It's like the fifth thing that Sheldon Keefe probably is worrying about on a daily basis because if you don't want to put Ryan in and, and it doesn't suit his skill set, you turn to Bobby McMahon, who's been pretty darn effective, and, and away you go. Um, I know you uh, pop on with Gregor quite often. Um, where are you on the Oilers right now? They've won four in a row. They're 7-3 and three in their last 10. There's still three games under 500. Have they done enough right now to move past that horrible start that cost Woodcroft his job, or is the jury still out on this year's Oilers from your perspective? Well, it's better, right? Um, but I still think the jury is out because as well as they played of late, look where they are in the standings. 
like they still have got a lot of work to do to even get back into a playoff spot. They haven't really gained that much ground. So that's what I what I look at when I see the Oilers is that, yeah, they've played better. And you knew they were going to play better at some point. But they've left themselves now without the ability to have a rough 10-game stretch. Like if they go another 10-game stretch this season where they go like 2-7-1, and one, it's curtains. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, so that's, that's kind of where they're at right now. And, and to ask a team, no matter how good they are, to play at that clip for 60-plus games is a really, really difficult ask. Um, and I don't know if they're going to be able to do it because you need everything to go right now. You need Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl and uh, Zach Hyman and Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Evander Kane to be at their best. You need to make sure that Stuart Skinner doesn't start playing dodgeball again. Uh, you need Darnell Nurse to look like a defenseman that gets paid nine and a half to and not three and a half to. And if any one of those components goes wrong, if the power play goes into a swoon, um, any, any one of those components goes uh, wrong, um, they don't have the leeway to 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 fight their way back. So, um, you know, I guess I'll say if I had to bet right now, I'd still say that it would be much less likely that they make the playoffs than 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 that they get in. Uh, I you can't say the same about the Vancouver Canucks. Are you um, like I I don't remember talking about Vancouver with you beforehand. Just um, what were your expectations for Vancouver? How far have they exceeded them, and can they keep this up? They've exceeded them to an extent, but not dramatically. Because I looked at that roster on paper, and I thought to myself, "This is this is a pretty well built roster." Like not unlike the Winnipeg Jets to an extent. Like they got a lot of depth throughout that lineup. Um, obviously, they've got some some elite players with with Elias Pettersson and JT Miller, uh, and Brock Besser has rebounded. Like those are legit guys. But then when you look at Mikheyev, like good player. You look at you look at Connor Garland, good player. Uh, Andre Kuzmenko had a great year last year. He was a healthy there for, for a little bit, but you know, good player there. Um, the, the blue line with Quinn Hughes, I mean, this guy's having an incredible year. They went out and they added to it with, with Nikita Zadorov. Um, you know, they've, they've got, uh, they got Tyler, My- like those are, those are condominiums. Those are really difficult guys to get anywhere near the front end of the net against. So I think they went out and, and made a, a worthwhile addition to their team. And I think they've got they've got a lot of guys throughout that lineup that are playoff type guys. So, and and obviously between the pipes, Thatcher Demko can win a Vesna Trophy every time he shows up in in September, and he's been quite good this year. So, um, I guess just because of the fact that they had been so underwhelming the last couple of years, they always went in maybe with with a bit of side eye with Vancouver, thinking like, okay, are they going to make a fool out of me again? But in the back of my mind, I, I did think to myself over the last couple of years, like, geez, these guys should be way better than they are. You've got to think at some point we see it. And I think this year we are. Dave, before we go, we just had the first visit of, Con- of many from Connor Bedard to Canada Life Center on uh, Saturday afternoon. And I mean, listen, his team stinks. And this is an uphill battle for Chicago this year, pretty much every night they're playing. But my God, was he impressive. Um, how much have you seen Bedard so far, and um, how, it, considering he's 18 years old on the squad that he's on, how special is this young man and uh, the potential that he's bringing uh, to the rink every night? 
No, I think I've seen him play four or five full games, and he's pretty impressive, right? Like he's not a he's not a specimen out there by any stretch of the imagination, but he's just so smart. Like he gets to where he needs to be um, to get that shot off, and his shot is elite. I'm not telling anybody anything they don't already know, but but this shot is next level. His deception, uh, the way he's able to to get it off. Um, quickly, uh, precisely, it's heavy, it's a heavy shot. Um, he's, he's really impressive. And to be able to hit the ground running as an 18-year-old, a young 18-year-old, and what does he have already, like 11, 12 goals? You know, I think it's not out of the realm of possibilities to suggest that he could get 35, maybe 40 goals by the time the year's said and done. So, um, and he's only going to get better. So uh, he has... Made a believer of me. I was a little bit concerned about his size coming into the year. Um, if that would be an impediment, uh, it has not been. I think he's he's very quickly learned how he needs to play at this level right now to have success. Um, and he's having a lot of success uh, because of that intelligence that he plays with. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a number of years before Chicago turns around. Their, their team is horrendous, I think we'll put it that way. But uh, they've certainly got a, a good part there in him. I mean, Kevin Korczynski looks like a part on the back end. they got another guy in Paul Odwinski, a forward, that'll be around the corner in a year or two. I think he's going to be a good player. So they got some pieces. they still got a lot of work to do with the Windy City. No doubt about it. Hey, I lied. One more, though. Um, and I know we don't have full information on everything that happened with Corey Perry, but um, if you had to wager a nickel, does, does he ever play another NHL game, or is that it? I can't wager a nickel right now, uh, Huss. I mean, it, sorry for, for the answer, but I, I need to know more before I can wager a nickel. And to wager now would be would be foolish in well, my just mind. Just based on the fact that he's 38 years old and presumably well, would be gone for a long time, like is that is that even a possibility? Let's Let's look only on the ice right now. Only on the ice. If you give me Corey Perry with the reputation from from five months ago when he signed his deal. And you give me what I've seen out of him on the ice this year. Do you understand what I'm getting at here? Just so yeah. that we're, I know you're clear, but I want everybody to be clear. You put that combination of Corey Perry together and you ask me, does he play again this year? Yes, absolutely. He is capable of playing again at the NHL level. He, he, he was playing well. He was, he was playing good with Chicago this year. So in, in that combination of Corey Perry player and five months ago's reputation, yes. It's not like he got to Chicago and it's like, holy cow, the wheels have come off. It's over with for Corey Perry. No, but I don't know what he did yet. I don't know what he did. And until we get clarity on that, I cannot say whether or not he has the right and should have the privilege to continue playing um, before we know the answer to that question. What I can say is if he does play again in the NHL, we will know exactly what went down because it won't get let go. There is no way a team can sign him and say, oh, well, we conducted our own investigation and uh, we've come to the conclusion that that we feel comfortable uh, with, with signing him, having him in our, in our lineup. Oh, okay, well, well, what did he do? Oh, don't worry about it. 
that won't fly. That will not fly. So we will know if he plays again. But until until I know what he did, I can't I can't form a, an evaluation or an assessment in my own mind as to whether or not he he still deserves the the right and and the privilege to play in the league. Yeah, there won't be four mil out there, that's for sure. And I mean, if he's not radioactive and a team can can sign him, I mean, certainly we all know about his playoff pedigree and what he's done before. I mean, I'm sure there would be a taker, but you're exactly right. I mean, until there's more details coming out that, I mean, and, and even if the people on the inside know, the teams know, um, to sell that to a fan base, I think you're going to need to assure people that, um, that the situation warrants him getting another opportunity. In the meantime, I know he's working on a bunch of things off the ice, and we'll hope that goes well. Um, hey, um, just before we go, fill people in on uh, where they can get all of your content these days, one of the busiest men in the biz. Yeah, Sunday Brunch, NHL Network Radio on Sirius XM 91, every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern, and uh, you can catch my written work at NHL.com. Looking forward to it, Dave. And anytime you want to chop it up talking Jets, I'm uh, the phone's always on for you. We need a little bit more buzz on uh, this team right now. Although it wasn't a great week last week, but we'll see what happens tonight against what should be a real fun game against the uh, Hurricanes wearing those new jerseys, the, uh, the 48s. Thanks for doing this, man. It's always great to uh, have you on the program. Always good to be on with you and stay by the phone. It'll be ringing. We'll have you on the brunch soon. <laughs> right on. Take it easy. There's Dave McCarthy. Give him a follow on Twitter at Dave A. McCarthy. And, um, yeah, if you've got Sirius XM NHL Radio, make sure to start off your Sundays with Dave on the Sunday brunch. Um, all right. I do uh, want to give a big thanks to our friends at Little Brown Jug. Um, had a few generics at the game with the fellas on Saturday, a little matinee action. Man, that's great beer. Uh, but there's so many great beers at Little Brown Jug. And guess what, WSTers? You'll be able to try them all if you join us on Wednesday at our holiday party in support of the Christmas cheer board tickets are um, there's a link right in the description of this video. If you're with us on YouTube, if you're listening on the podcast, go over to winnipegsportstalk.com and uh, click the link, get a couple of ducats for you. We're uh, raising some money for the Christmas cheer board, which is, does such incredible work in our community around this time of year. Uh, we're going to be uh, doing a little raffle with the Little Brown Jug prize pack, as well as a couple things we're working on. Uh, grab a slice of pizza from our friends at Boston Pizza, a little ice cream treat from Nick and Nicky DQ. Should be a great, great day, but we do have limited availability, and it's getting full, so please, we'd love to see you out there for a great cause. Have some fun at the holidays. Wednesday night, we'll see you at Little Brown Jug. And as I mentioned, DQ Nick, always there for us when we're calling out Nick and Nikki DQ been with us since day one. Pop by and support them. Maybe one of our, our most delicious sponsor. Uh, grab a blizzard, one of those stack burgers at either DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, or DQ Niverville. And for those of you out in the Niverville area, make sure to check out the new Pita Pit, which uh, is healthy, fresh, delicious, fast, so darn good. And they also do amazing catering options as well. You can hit them up on Instagram or X at Pita Pit Niverville for more information on catering operations. And hey, uh, I just want to give you a little bit of a, a, a buzz. Um, we are starting a new program with our friends at 
Sport Manitoba later on this week. So we're going to have a special segment later on in the week talking more about grassroots of sports here in Manitoba, learning about a whole bunch of other sports and other initiatives. Um, but we all know that coaching and official recruitment is absolutely one of the biggest challenges right now in all sports at all levels. If you would like to turn your passion into action and become a coach or official in the sport you love, sportmanitoba.ca is the first place toward a rewarding toward a rewarding journey. It's not just about the sport, it's about building character, fostering teamwork and creating a legacy. It takes a community to play and uh We'll be uh, doing more about it takes a community to play and more about how you can get involved with Sport Manitoba, supported by Manitoba Liquor and Lotteries. Pay attention for that later on this week. All right, let's get Remo back in here. And, uh, Remo, this has been uh, quite the show today, um, of course, with the Nino extension and everything else over the course of the week. I think what we wanted to do, I wanted to get Connor on and uh, chop it up and talk a little NFL. I know he's probably pumping his chest right now after the beatdown that the Niners gave the Eagles yesterday. Uh, but we'll maybe save that for tomorrow and get to the cool bet lines. But uh, just very quickly, it was quite an interesting day in the National Football League in particular. Like, are we just going to have to call that the Big Dom game? Um, oh, I thought you were going to talk about uh, Patrick Mahomes losing to Jordan Love. Because that's, uh, that's what our chat has been talking about since we started. Well, there's a lot of haters. I mean, there's a lot of haters in the chat. And you know, what? No. Those, you know, when you're always looking up at someone, you try to tear them down. And that's what the people in the chat are doing. Um, I will give a lot of credit. Jordan Love was awesome. Um, and maybe the craziest thing about it, I don't know if you were watching when they brought that up, but they were showing the stats from Love's first 11 starts in the NFL compared to Aaron Rodgers' first 11 starts yeah, it in the, the NFL? Yeah, the same. It was the exact same. Yeah. That, you, know, you know who was barfing when they saw that? Viking fans, Bears fans, and Lions fans. Um, hey, listen, Matt LaFleur had his team ready to go. The thing that concerns me the most is a couple of really, really bad injuries to the Chiefs last night. Now, listen, KC's going to be fine. They'll be in the playoffs. They'll win the division. We'll see what happens come January. But if Tranquil is out for any period of time, and Brian Cook being out probably for the rest of the regular season, did not break his ankle, but I have a feeling that's a really, really bad high ankle sprain, which I, who knows whether he'll be able to go for January. So that, I mean, the defense has been such a big part of their success this year. That was, uh, that was really tough. So, yeah, and listen, I'm not going to be one to talk about the refs, although that missed P.I. on MVS in the last minute of the game on the five-yard line was one of the worst non-calls you'll hear all year. But just for all of you that say the Chiefs get all the calls, um, look no further than that and give your head a shake, as well as the fact that they played the freaking Raiders of all teams last week who had zero calls against them. That, my friends, is fake news. Um, Monday night, though, tonight, we got the uh, Jags and the Bengals. And this game has now, it was eight and a half earlier. It's now gone to 10 as we take a look at the cool bet lines. Jacksonville, 10 point favorites tonight. And uh, we did, we've had a very good run of single game partner parlays for the lock shop. And uh, this is what we've cooked up for tonight Evan Engram, 48 receiving yards or more. Trevor Lawrence, 
14 rushing yards or more, and Joe Mixon under 47 and a half rushing yards. That total is at plus 550 with a little boost. So um, we've had a great run on these. I'll be in on it if you want to ride. It's in the Cool Bet exclusives. And oh, and Paddy's got his primetime parlay. Over three and a half field goals. Travis Etienne, two or more receptions. And Josh Allen, not the quarterback, uh, a sack, plus 435 right there. Any thoughts on this game tonight? I, I am on principle taking the Bengals in the 10 points. I just think that line, even with the backup quarterback, is too high. Yeah, you know what? I think that's fair. That, that's a lot of points. It's not like Jaguars have been world beaters, and I think uh, what, their quarterback, he was oh, serviceable. Uh, 10 points, it's a lot. Uh I I guess sure go go take the ten and the Bengals, but uh, I don't think they're they're winning the game. Jake Browning breakout game yeah. tonight again. I would love it if the Bengals could win, but uh, I won't be holding my breath at all. The Chiefs are now going to have to get some help at some point this season if they want to get back into the one seed after that loss last night. Uh, but let's take a look at the NHL, uh, and we got a few games tonight. Pittsburgh at Philly. Pittsburgh, a very slight road favorite at minus 113. Philly, minus 104. The Dallas Stars and the Tampa Bay Lightning, Dallas, minus 117. And Tampa, minus 101. Is that the return match from the 8-1 to one shellacking on the weekend? I believe so. And, yeah, I mean, you look at Andre Vasilevsky's numbers uh, since he's came back. Uh, haven't been very good. So, uh, big rematch here. In, uh, but this time it's in Tampa. Wow, interesting. They just, you know, a straight home and home. The the J or the Jets and the Leafs have that coming up in November where they play in Toronto on the 24th and then right back at it for their second and only other matchup of the year. But that was a stunning result on Saturday with the Stars beating up on the Lightning 8 and 1, 8 to 1 and the Lightning 10 10 and 5 right now, just 500 on the season. Did not expect to see that. Um, the Kraken are in Montreal to take on the Habs. Seattle's a minus 155 uh, favorite. Montreal paying plus 131 at home. You've got the Caps in Zona to take on the Yotes. Arizona minus 130 home favorites. Washington plus 111. The Blues are in Vegas and are a significant underdog. Plus 161 on the money line. Vegas minus 192. And then we get to the game that we'll be watching tonight, the Carolina Hurricanes against the Winnipeg Jets. I see the line has moved in Carolina's favor since the announcement of Lauren Brassois starting for the Winnipeg Jets. Jets are plus 123 home dogs. Carolina minus 145 on the money line, Reem. Yeah, I'm... You know, it's not like uh, Carolina's got an A-plus goalie. Anti-Ranta, is he starting a net? He hasn't had... That great of a season, eight five four save percentage, three four seven goals against. But for Carolina, they play a solid team game, suppressing shots. Uh, I'm interested to see, and I haven't had a chance to weigh in, but it seemed like, you know, when they played Hellebuck on Saturday, it gave him this extended layoff here from Saturday until the upcoming game against Thursday in Colorado. You know, then we're looking ahead with Colorado. Um, they just they just lost two in a row when Kale McCarr is banged up, so wait and see about that. But, yeah, Jets, home dog, the Nino bump. They're wearing the jerseys. I could get behind that. 
I don't know if I'd how feel. Much? I don't know like how confident. I mean, looking at what is money puck. Money Puck's got uh, Carolina's 56% chance to win, but hey, I'm willing to roll the dice here. How about plus 330 on a Nino goal to celebrate the uh, new contract? I think you have to. It's like a, the ceremonial face-off, just like the right thing to do. To put... That's great. The ceremonial sprinkle yeah, on I Nino. Think, I think you have to. <clears throat> the obligation. I love how uh, they could... have Sebastian Ajo, 1997. Distinguish from uh, the other one. Like, sorry, go go ahead. <laughs> I know that does crack me up every time. Here's a few jet score uh, numbers. If you want to just bet somebody to score, KFC plus one fifty four, Shifley plus two fifteen, Ehlers plus two forty five, Gabe Velarde plus three fifteen, Nino plus three thirty, Cole Perfetti, who uh, said his career high in a season with that beautiful tip in on the on saturday for the jets he's plus 345 i have fallow plus 340 and mason appleton plus 440 um by the way gabriel velarde looked great what a movie made on that goal man what a pass here uh to mark shifley going down and i think you could tell in that first game that uh, he wasn't looking like gabe velarde from uh, the beginning of the season the way you know he can play but Hey, with Nemestikov out, throw, thrust into uh, the role here, second line center with Perfetti and Ayafalo. And uh, look, he's a big body. He's been strong on the power play. And nifty little pass there, said on Mark Shafley, who uh, just snapped it right home. So, uh, you know, Huss, we still haven't heard at Canada Life Center Gabe, Velarde, you know, Gabe Velarde's uh, goal <laughs> song, which is a Macarena. So maybe before they leave, uh, plus... You know, for guys getting, you know, power play one, second line center, plus 315 is not bad for a guy who's going to be on uh, on power play one. I agree with you. Uh, all the lines are up at CoolBet. Join us in the lock shop tomorrow on Tuesday at noon. Kind of recap uh, Monday Night Football of the week, get into some more hockey picks and whatnot. Every day, noon, Edmonton Sports Talk. Myself, Dustin Nielsen in the lock shop, which takes you right in to uh, WST. Um, fun show today. Lots to talk about, Reem, and uh, looking forward to this one tonight. Oh, yeah. Big <coughs> tilt. Uh, you gave everyone the PSA. It is a Sportsnet game, and it is at, what, 6.30? 6.30 puck drop. 6.30 puck drop, so be ready for sure, and I'm looking forward. I like, you know, we were at the Jets jersey unveiling. I was like, yeah, these are, you know, kind of knew what it looked like before. We were like, yeah, this is, these are great. I, I think they're going to look good. Uh, was blown away by um, the over, you know, the reaction online. But I think they're going to look good. Brossois, we didn't even show this. Brossois has got his uh, pad set up. The Jets are going to be wearing what? They got brown gloves to complete the uh, forty-eight look. I can't wait to uh, to do see. You have this. the picture of LB in the full kit. I do. Uh, Showed it to John Luke. LB's got a really nice mask as well. Check this out. I mean this. This looks awesome. There you go. Look at that. That is maybe the coolest pads, blocker, and glove that I've seen in a long time in the NHL to go along with it. Oh, he's going to look great. I just hope he has a great game tonight. They need a big game from LB. I think he needs a big bounce back from his performance against the Predators. And uh, no better time to do that, as Paul said. Get back to 500 for this homestand and uh, get a bit of positive momentum heading into 
Denver on Thursday night against the Avs. Yeah, it's a bit of a simulated old school look with the paint job on the pads. But hey, bring it out for the specialty jerseys. I am into it. I think the mask looks good. And you know what they say has to look good, feel good, play good. And I think Brossois, well, he needs a bounce back. And I, I can't predict the future here as much as we try. But, uh, you know, he, need, he needs to have a good game. Maybe he'll get a couple more. Uh, one other thing we didn't didn't mention, uh, I know we got to wrap up, but uh, Billy Hainala did go on the ice uh, after uh, John Luke putting out, continues to make his way back from a broken left ankle on October 5. He's been sidelined for just over eight weeks in his two- to three-month recovery timeline. Here he is in flip-flops, stick-handling <laughs> on the ice. I... You know, I thought he went back to Finland. All I know is that he was on, what, he's been at Canada Life Center. He was on the Vegas trip. Did he actually, I don't know if we know if he went home to recover or not, but here he is uh, putting in work, getting some stick handling in after practice. Some nice dangles on the ice in slides. What can't Billy do? Well, we'll look forward to him getting back healthy, presumably playing for the Moose for a while, and at some point maybe getting back into the jet lineup. But that spot on the blue line is going to be taken by Declan Chisholm tonight, who gets another chance to show that he belongs in the top six of the Winnipeg Jets after making his season debut on Saturday afternoon. And the Jets win and getting his first NHL point. It's going to do it for us, gang. Uh, enjoy the game tonight and the Monday nighter afterwards. And make sure to join us tomorrow. Much more on the Winnipeg Jets. We'll wrap the homestand, look ahead to the rest of the week. And don't forget, if you haven't already checked it out, the new Jets this week with Connor Hrabchak up this morning, available for you on the podcast or on YouTube. Thanks to the sponsors and all of you for making us a part of your day. We'll see you tomorrow on WST. Oh, my God. Shut it down. Let's go home. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.